glitter. It's not gold. Nah, gold is not reality. Uh-huh. Real is what you lays uh-huh. on me. Mo Facts with Adam Curry for July 16th, 2022, episode number 84. Well, the summer media schedule of trauma-based entertainment is in full effect. Time to take a breath. Let's get educated, shall we? Adam Curry coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country. Time once again to spin the wheel of topics from here to Northern Virginia. Please say hello to my friend on the other end. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mo Facts. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing good, Mo. How are you? <laughs> Been busy, man. Other than the yellow jackets. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this just before the show. So Mo's yeah. like, you know, we, we we're trading stories. We haven't talked uh, for for a bit. And said, so, "How you doing? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yellow jackets in the wall, <laughs> trying to eat through like Candyman." So, <laughs> oh man, uh, that's horrible. Now, did, are they poking their heads through on your side of the drywall or not yet? No, no. Well, the wall is kind of thin. They haven't made it all the way through yet, so it's been covered and it's, it's secure but it's just like what in the world <laughs> uh, i know insects it's you know we're, we're both homeowners now that's uh that that's what that's the joy of it you get to deal with that crap and it's not so much the insect it's how the women folk respond to it yes <laughs> it's, it's like it don't matter what you're doing it's like hey come kill this it's like uh, um recording right the away. podcast i know stop stop <laughs> I got a broken leg. No, I don't care. Come kill this. Come kill this. So, all right. Well, speaking of insects, I guess we can get to the topic. Uh, Oh, really? Foreshadowing. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Foreshadowing it is. All right, everybody. Round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows except Mo. He knows, obviously. Uh, What is the topic for Mo Facts with Adam Curry, episode number 84? And the word is dysgenics. Hold on a second. Let me listen to that word. Let me listen to that word again. <laughs> and the word is dysgenics. Dys- dysgenics. Dysgenics. Uh, well, this will be something that's in the show notes for sure. Once I go to the Wikipedia's, oh, it, it'll I'm, be explained. Oh, it will yes, be explained. Okay. I mean, I could yes. take a guess, but maybe I should just wait. Yep. Goggles early. So. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I can't see anymore. A new record. A new record. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, no, but what this will be is we're going to look at Roe versus Wade, okay. but we're not going to, and, and the current events, but we're not going to talk about abortion. Okay. This is this is not abortion show. <laughs> so uh, well, um, that'll be the title show title. This is not an abortion show. <laughs> right. Cause I don't think either one of us qualified to have that discussion. That's just my personal opinion. Cause, uh, but that, I'll just leave it at that. But what I wanted to talk about is the powers behind the overturning and who the, the cause and effect. Ah, okay. That's, I, that's I, what I want to talk. About. I do want yeah. to correct you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, men can can have babies, Mo. So I just want to make sure you. you know, we're not, not in my book. <laughs> we're not qualified, <laughs> but I, I just do want to point that out for you. Okay, okay, so this is good. So I, I cannot wait for your take on this because if if there's one thing that's been discussed and discussed almost to death, it's Roe v. Wade, and ninety five percent is meritless and bullcrap and just trauma based entertainment. Correct. So we're gonna go. We're gonna pull back, you know, the rug and look what's really going on behind the, the power players behind this whole struggle on both sides. So I guess we can go ahead and get started with a a giant step back. 
Good evening, everyone. We begin the readout tonight with a giant step backwards for women as free people in America. Fifty years ago, progress was made when the Supreme Court announced their decision in Roe v. Wade. Major story today, aside from the death of Lyndon Johnson, the tragic death and the hopes for peace in Vietnam, is the decision of the United States Supreme Court. It handed down a historic decision about abortion. The court said in a 7-2 decision that in the first three months of pregnancy, only the woman and her physician may decide whether she may have an abortion. In the second three months, all the state may do is regulate abortion procedures. And only in the final three months of pregnancy can the state forbid abortion. That was an historic moment for women. Only the third official affirmation of women's rights after the right to vote in 1920 and the legalization of birth control by the Supreme Court in 1965. The 1973 ruling on abortion told women that we, not the government, control our bodies, that women get to make their own decisions about their own lives. And now that era of basic human rights and dignity for women has been ripped to shreds. It's Oh, oh, I heard a little tear at the end there. Yeah, so this I, to me, this was no surprise um, that this came down because that's what was the, the whole big uproar about the courts and how it was quote unquote um, stacked with conservative uh, justices. So, well, tr- uh, uh, 45 Savage even promised. He said, oh, no, we're going to get as many Supreme Court justices on, two, maybe three, he even said, and uh, then Roe v. Wade will go back to the states. He said it everywhere. Just like Joe Biden said, he'd shut down oil. <laughs> Sometimes right. you got to believe what they say, you know? And, and, and he was very open about that, and, I, and as I mentioned in previous shows, I think that was to his own demise. Uh, Trump's, we talked Trump's about this demise? earlier. Yes. Mm-hmm. For his reelection. Because if it hinged on him being reelected to put the new justice in, oh if, yes, if, right, RB, right, right. If RBG would have lasted post election, then they would needed Trump in there. But the fact that she expired on the timeline that she did, it you know it gave the Repul- quote unquote uh, 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 what do I want to call him the um traditional or conservatives or republicans their um third justice without having to deal with the bs of trump right right that's an interesting take and i don't recall immediately if if well that point certainly didn't come across to me when we discussed it and we discussed him but mm-hmm. that's that's a good take. Like, uh, how hard do we have to fight because we got what we needed? And quite honestly, that was one of the big selling points of Trump is that he would put conservatives into the uh, in, on the Supreme Court. Right. So they so they maxed out. So I mean, that was just my take on it. You can kind of read in the tea leaves what was going to come then. So let's go ahead and just get into the uh, clip three. And now that era of basic human rights and dignity for women has been ripped to shreds with the leak of a draft opinion from the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, as well as the associated ruling Casey versus Planned Parenthood. The Supreme Court has confirmed that the document obtained by Politico is, in fact, the authentic first draft. In the opinion, Justice Samuel Alito doesn't mince words. It is a blatant, almost gleeful rejection of the past 50 years. Quote, 
Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed debate and deepened division, unquote. And with that, the unelected Supreme Court, shaped by minority rule, has taken away a right that a majority of Americans support. It's not the final draft, but it's very likely that the actual decision won't be any different. Alito's ruling rests on the argument that, quote, the Constitution makes no reference to abortion and no such right is implicitly protected, taking us back to the time of the founding fathers when women were considered barely more than the property of their fathers and husbands. There's no telling what other rights this fundamentalist court could decide to take away next in order to get us back to the founding fathers, from birth control to gay marriage to the many other rights that are not specifically enumerated in the Constitution. Uh, this this was well prepared, um, and I'll go back to the ruling that took place in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, which in which I truly believe the Democrats let the Republicans in Texas have the abortion bill they wanted, which is the heartbeat law. Um, okay, and because uh, Dvorak and I were discussing on No Agenda, it's like, what is going on? Why why did why was there no fight? There was no fight over this. So it was clearly set up to make a point, knowing that somewhere down the road, maybe there's a lot more insight than, you know, we had a leaked memo, uh, what, six or six or eight weeks ago, but this was probably known within the system's leaky. So everyone knows everything except us, of course, <laughs> the media won't, won't, won't report anything. Uh, so I think that, you know, uh, well set up in advance was unelected. Uh, the constitution is old, you know, the, uh, somewhere probably you have to throw in the term, um, it's a living document, you know, these types of terms. All of that is in this Joy Reid script. Yes, and, but the talking point was the Constitution is trash. Right. It's, Remember, it, that yes. that was the whole attack on the Constitution yeah, all of a what, sudden. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's a living document. It means we need to be able to change it and interpret it mm-hmm. according to the times. Right, so it's, it's just so much going going on here that if you notice when the all the justices were going through their on confirmation, mm-hmm. they stood fast on Roe versus Wade. So you know if they had the numbers, they're going to take an opportunity for it. And I agree with what you're saying what you're saying that it was a lot more before the memo dropped. I think as soon as Amy Amy Coney Barrett was uh um confirmed, mm-hmm. they knew it was only a matter of time. Oh, I, I I agree. I agree. It just we were distracted by so many other things, <laughs> like right, the Johnny and the rep- Depp and Amber Heard trial. I mean, that's hello. We had other stuff to look at. And as you said, the Republican or red states were pushing for, uh, you know, changing their state laws, mm-hmm. so they would be ready. So when Roe was overturned, it we were saying they already had laws in place. Remember, I think Georgia had one. Where all the stars said it, no, we won't go there because of you know their new bill or whatever. So right, and, um, and companies were pulling out and all, and the other sports events. Right, the, I think Major League Baseball was one of the biggest right, that's ones. That's what so, it was. Yeah, that's what it was. As you heard that, she, as you heard uh, Joy Reid say, that was Alito's um, quote that she was reading, mm-hmm. or you're saying, or his take on. Uh, um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, who was who has gone kind of unscathed in this whole opinion because it's all of, been focused on Clarence Thomas. Of course, of <laughs> course. What well, I had to take a couple of victory laps here just because, you know, we were ahead of the curve. You know, you're from the future. You know, um, <laughs> so 
we covered Clarence Thomas in previous shows. I think a couple of shows. Oh yeah, because in in actuality, he might be the most powerful man, black man in 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 America. Oh, I think there's a case to be made for that. Sure. I mean, because the fact that he kind of, I think he's the most senior person on the uh, on the court right now. Yep. I think so. So, um, yeah. So, and the fact that he's not the chief justice, but he's, he, I mean, he, for ever since he was, he's, he's the oldest, right? Though I've been thinking, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think I'm so. just saying my age, chronological since, age. Ever since he was confirmed, he was just always quiet in the background, doing his thing, never really out in the public eye that I can remember mm-hmm. at all, really. Yeah, because the liberal media wasn't going to give him any airtime. And I mean, that was part of his like, well, let's go ahead. You you hit it right on the head. Let's just go and get to number four. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas spoke out overnight saying the publication of that leaked draft opinion about abortion has fundamentally changed the court. And it comes as abortion rights rallies are planned nationwide today. NBC's Jesse Kirsch is in Chicago this morning where thousands are expected to rally there. Jesse, good morning. Good morning, Peter. Organizers are expecting that. And we're seeing the barricades up here already in Chicago on the city's west side, the near west side. This is one of several events planned throughout this country today, part of a bans off our bodies protest in support of abortion rights. This is just one of several events. There are also rallies planned in New York, Raleigh, Cleveland, El Paso, San Francisco, and many more cities in between. Today's protests, just the latest since that draft Supreme Court opinion leaked earlier this month. And for days, we've seen groups both in support of and against abortion rights rallying their sides. And some have even gathered outside the homes of certain Supreme Court justices, prompting calls from some Republicans for those protesters to be arrested. And now Justice Clarence Thomas, the latest justice to comment publicly on this leaked draft opinion and what it means for the future of the Supreme Court. Where now that trust or that belief is gone forever. Um, the And when you lose that trust, especially in the institution that I'm in, uh, it changes the institution fundamentally. Man, I love that guy's voice. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't get enough. He's got the James Earl Jones type thing going on, except he has more clarity in the ties. Nice. But yeah, and his pace yeah. lends to what you were talking about, his laid backness, yeah. and sometimes to his detractors label as lazy. Oh, which, said, which has some racial, racial yeah, yeah, that's racist. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. So, um, yeah. So they had protesters outside the justices' house homes, which is completely illegal. Le- it's illegal. But there was a wink, wink, nod, nod from the liberal media to show them. And it was like, if if this is illegal, then why are you showing it? But it was to show it to. Inspire well, more people to go out and do it, but or, even, or even worse, things. The Department, yeah. <laughs> the Department of Justice hasn't hasn't done anything. Uh, you know, uh, as in you know the uh, any policing of this. Um, mm-hmm. The DC cops aren't going to touch it; they're around. And you know, of course, there was an actual. Um, there was a guy planning an attack on. I think Justice Roberts was Alito. Can't, can't remember. Uh, which one. Kavanaugh. Oh, Kavanaugh. But we're going to get to that. We're going. Oh, okay. We're going to get to that. But that right. just to go to show you that it, there was a build up there that, as you heard him say, um, they were ready to protest, and the group name was "Ban Offer Our Bodies." Yeah, that's boob. 
Nah. <laughs> so it's like that's so cringy. It's like you know they purposely labeled it like bands off our bodies. Like boob. It's I didn't like, even catch that. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's so good, so subliminal. I love it. Ah, come uh, on, they got pay- humor over there. That's funny. Yeah, you gotta pay attention to the boobs. But uh, <laughs> uh let's so let's go ahead and get to this clip is from uh on um, was it on balance with Leland Vetter. Vittert? I think Vittert, so Vittert, 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 Vittert. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're going to get into the liberal attacks and, you know, say outrage, outrage focused on Clarence Thomas. Of the six justices, Thomas didn't write the opinion, nor is he a woman. In fairness, he did write that other civil rights precedents should be looked at uh, in light of Roe being overturned. He's getting though, way more heat than Justice Alito, who said Roe was wrongly decided to begin with. Here is Hillary Clinton this morning. I went to law school with him. Mm-hmm. He's been a, a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Resentment, oh, wow. grievance, anger. And the thing that uh, is, well, there's so many things about it that are deeply distressing. But women are going to die, Gail. Okay, so. Even President Trump's appointees oh, who sorry. shifted the court to the right don't get that kind of treatment from Hillary Clinton. Ian Samuels here, former clerk to the late Justice Antonin Scalia, and obviously spent a lot of time with Clarence Thomas, among others. Why Why is this? I was literally racist, what she said. Oh, angry black man. Angry black man, everybody. Stand angry, back. Right, right. And, and, you know, uh, I mean, she didn't. She couldn't leave it at person of grievance. No, it had to be angry. No, it really had to she be had like a angry. Double, she had to double, double down. down. Yeah. And Clarence Thomas, he reminds me, Justice Clarence Thomas, let's put some respect on his name. Um, he reminds you of the dude, the black dude from the office. <laughs> like that's is that, Stanley, is that his name? Stanley? Yeah, yeah, when you're that old, when you're like that old and just set in your ways and I'm going to move on my own time. Like even like you said with his speech, it's very measured and leaves you hanging on for the next word. Now, it's like, it's, if, if I may say... We've also discussed Stanley from the office in another context as a very stereotypical type of older black man who was just dying slowly. Correct. Not Clarence Thomas, as far as I can understand. Not Clarence Thomas. And that's, that's the thing about him in that aspect is I think he's been very ambitious, very ambitious in the way he's, you know, saying he's played this, played his hand because you notice the Supreme Court had no didn't want to touch the 2020 election no. for no reason. No. It's like, no, we're going to keep our powder dry for when it's time. And that the time is going to be giving us the uh, rights back to the states. And what this is to do is actually to, in my opinion, this is just my political calculus I'm seeing here. This is to protect red states from being invaded by blue people. Oh, I th- what, like I what happened to Texas? I mean, I think you and I have discussed it. I've discussed it with friends. Dvorak and I have discussed it. That eventually we would learn what states' rights are all about. You know, it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it, it, I like your meta look at this. Like, okay, because even people, I friends of mine who would say they're unaffiliated but are just more conservative in their demeanor. Um, they also are like, yeah, Trump, you know, we, we got what we needed. We got three conservative judges. So I think, yeah, and I think they're building, a, po- go ahead. Go ahead. They're building political borders around their states. Oh, yeah. By saying, if you yeah. come here, you won't be recognized as a couple. You won't be able to get an abortion. You say, <laughs> you just go down the list of 
things that they'll turn over back to the states. And that's the only way they can protect the invasion of Californians like into Texas. And you saw that could you saying could possibly be the case with Florida. With Florida, you're saying like it's got the weather. It's got. Yep. It's like no. Nah, we have to put up these political borders. Um, Interesting. Another thing I hadn't thought of. Man, mm-hmm. I love how you get a few extra days, Mo. It's, pretty, <laughs> it's well worth the so, wait. <laughs> it's 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 a lot. It's a lot going on with this when you but, take but out here, but the here, topic. Here's, but here's the, the thing, though. Um, so lots of Californians have moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Austin, of course, not entirely Texas. And there's definitely a joking type animosity. But there's people around here in Hill Country who move from California. Um, and I haven't seen, I understand what you're saying. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. you're correct. But boots on the ground, there's no actual difference. You know, it, it's, it's all written in, in the books. It's, there's not actually anything that has changed at all. You can still walk around as a gay couple. You know, none of, we have restaurant owners here, gay guys. Right. Um, nothing has changed. So that's, that's, it's, it, it is oddly enough, it's all just on a different, um, different frequency. You know, people aren't in tune with it. They don't give a shit, but it will be important from a legal perspective. I completely that's my, agree. That's, that's, that's my point is yeah. the legal aspect yeah. of it, where it, why people don't have start business in certain states and Look for him saying that um, uh, advantages of starting their corporation in other states. Right. It's the, it's the same thing. It's like we have to keep because if you don't do that, it's like you can't the, have more than you can't have more than six dildos in Texas. That's illegal. <laughs> I swear to God, it's it's true. It's an actual law. You can't have more than seven sex a toys. Six shooters good enough. It's like <laughs> you know, somewhere no. someone said, you know, we got to put this in because if this other thing happens, we'll have the dildo law to fall back on. You look it up. What? It's hilarious. Yes, it's hilarious. I don't I don't understand why it is, but maybe <laughs> Not it, maybe five's okay. Not maybe. If I seven buy seven, years. I'll get a knock at the door and they'll explain it to me. <laughs> How do you keep track of that? Is it like, do you have to self-report? Um, but I digress. <laughs> we both digress. Let's get back on the, the topic. But yeah, so Clarence Thomas, obvious target because they knew. It's funny that you, you everybody got to see what I've been saying for a long time. That when you make a liberal mad, it doesn't take, for some, it doesn't take very long to get to, like, the N-word and we need want to see him killed. And, and it was publicly accepted. I pointed this out before with, with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Like, it was perfectly okay for him to be called Kanye, yeah. but then he gets kicked off on of Instagram for calling Trevor Noah Coon. It's like... I, well, yes. Okay. I, obviously you control the media, you know, they're trying to control the food. It's control. It's a, and it's not even the, the quote Democrats. It's a sickness. And, and on both sides of it. And of I, I didn't want to get too of far in this. If you look at who on, on the, you know, saying the pro Roe versus Wade group, they're putting a lot of black women out there up front like you've heard the sound clip and I didn't add this to the show but you know there it was a it was part of the um row hearings but it's they got to transgender what's a woman that kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and you see the faces that they're using to you know saying to be the faces of this so 
that has a lot to do with the attack. Yes, it's, it's a, it's a black racial fe- undertone. Black female professors, etc. Right. They've right. been given the green light on Clarence Thomas. It's like, you know, like they say, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna say anything, you know. You can get pretty much racist you want to with him, because you know, saying all skin folk ain't kin folk, you know that kind of thing. Wait a minute, roll that back to me again. So, what exactly are you saying? Because of who they're putting out there to defend uh, men being women, how does that relate to Clarence Thomas? No, what I'm saying is you just see the overall that the uh, academia is putting black professors, black, you know. Female professor, it's all it's a overrepresentation of black women. Yeah, okay, on the pro side. Yeah, but then how do you how does that relate to you can go after Clarence Thomas? I didn't quite understand. Maybe like that whole COVID, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, okay. He, he, you can <laughs> the go COVID like it's is glo- out, right? <laughs> it's good. It's gloves off because they understand that he what he's coming for next. Um, and it's not that he's coming for it. From my understanding, and we're gonna get to somebody else's understanding on, in a few clips. That it's about the court overreaching what they're allowed to do. The way I see the court is they're the referee between the other two branches of the government. That's how I see it. Okay. I mean, and referees had to be protected at all costs because. Well, yeah, if you, if, can if, pre- if, if you rough the, ref- the referee, then you get you, you sit on the bench. Right, but not only that, but you got to have them be uh, unbiased. That's their whole role. <laughs> it's like a referee's whole role in a, in a game well, if, is if, to be unbiased, you know, well, and call if, it if I, by the rules. So the three branches of government have equal power. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the bias, I, I, I don't know if, if, if bias, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, all they're supposed to do is interpret the constitute interpret constitutional law that's all they have that's all they have to do and that's you know that's what's being perverted is the understanding of the law you know it's like well back when the constitution was written and the amend the the bill of rights was put in the amendments uh people only had canons so the right to bear arms meant something different so right so it's really what i'm saying i think it's really more not left or right it's more it's interpretive or traditionalist i think those no it's not it's it's not left or right I'm talking about. I'm talking about to, between the other two wings of the government. You have the executive, and you're saying you have the Congress uh, that represent. I think Congress represent the states, in my opinion. I, 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 and no, I, president I, represent hmm. the uh, the executive or that, the national agenda. That's that's how I see it. I mean, that's just how, how I see it. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I so, so how I see it is uh, the Supreme Court should actually be the referee between the two other legislative branches and the and the people which and the states I should say so here's all this crap going on in Washington and we'll interpret if what they're doing is okay right so it, we may be saying the same thing just in a different way yeah but like but that but the, the, to get to this understanding you had to, that's why I'm saying that you I had to make this point understood because it, uh, a lot of the show rests on it that it's about the court being protected and being unbiased because that's like when they when you when you start hearing the Supreme Court having leaks. Oh no, that's there, a real there problem. are agendas that's, that's there, right? Right? It, yeah, it, it's not about like how they come down on different decisions. 
it's the fact that they're calling the game fairly. And that's right. the whole point, like a judge or umpire or whatever. I mean, like that's the role of these things. And well, well, yeah, let's keep it in sports. Yeah. I think you're right because the minute a ref or an umpire is in the national media with stories, then it doesn't even have to be related to the sport. Then that's just a problem by itself. Right, it, it ruins the whole integrity yeah, of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. okay. it's like, like, yo, this leave continue with the sports analogy. That's like the if, home if, team showing up at the refs, uh, yeah, <laughs> at the refs' house before the ne- the, the big game. It's like, I mean, yeah. of course, it's going to be on his mind. Yeah, <laughs> so, there you so, go. Yes, I like so, that. I like, it's intimidation. Is that at the highest order, and mm-hmm. it's sanctioned? The media, the the media, you know, is is complicit uh, uh, Karina, in pushing it. Karina Abdul Jean Pierre even said, "Well, you know, it's, a, it's a peaceful pro." You like that? It's right. <laughs> it's a peaceful. No, how many? How is anyone old enough to remember Kareem Abdul Jabbar? I don't know. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's oh, is it peaceful? These people have the right to protest. No, actually, they don't. That is actually illegal. It's illegal. <laughs> it's, 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 it, but that's what I mean. This this yeah. was an intimidation job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So what do we stop? Five? I yeah, believe? we're at six. We're at six. Let's go ahead and get into six and let him answer the question. Why why is this? It's it is strange, isn't it? Uh there's there's something distinctive about the treatment of Justice Thomas uh by uh liberals, and there always has been. When he first got on the court, they said that he was just a copycat of Anthony Scalia, mild boss. He just did what he said and wasn't really able to think for himself, right? Well, then when it turned out that wasn't true, uh, they said, well, he, he never talks at oral argument, right? He just, he's not engaged in the job. There's a kind of, oh, I don't know, laziness there. No! And now there's a lot of discussion about his marriage. There's a lot of emotional fixation on the fact uh, of his wife's work. Uh, and I can't help but notice that his wife is white. And I don't think that people are consciously doing this. But that is an uncomfortable set of stuff to say about the only black justice on the court. And the fact is, the reason is, is that a black conservative is very hard to digest for certain people in the Democratic Party. They just don't think it makes sense. And he knows that. And that's why he's irritated by them, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mindset for sure. Yeah, so like you you hit it right on the head before even hearing that clip, the laziness. Everything yeah. was to discredit his hard work of getting it to that level. Obviously, he's competent, if nothing else, because that was the whole argument about, you know, this is not about when they were trying to get the, the black female justice in there. It's about her accomplishments, that she's competent. You know, it's not about uh, it being uh, tokenism. How do you think but, those two communicate? I would Tansy love Brown to be a fly oh, on the wall. Man, I mean, do you think, <laughs> you think he shines her? Just like I just can't even look. I mean, he's he, they're they're colleagues for life. They need to start. They need to start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll produce it. I'll produce that it. That would be the greatest <laughs> podcast. Just no, just on the topics. That would that would be a fascinating listen because they're so diametrically opposed, but at the same time, they have so how much they're in viewed, common. So much in common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The interracial marriages are celebrated. I mean, one is celebrated and one is demonized. Yeah, you know, it's you know, <laughs> she was he was the first black. You know, what I'm saying period, and it was called a token. And now she, you're know saying she was appeared to be a token 
are called a token. Oh yeah, totally. But just, and, just and the by reason why I say they appear to be the, the way they act publicly, they're like as a as a intimidation. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 100%. they're not scared. Another way of intimidate, like Joe Biden, you better do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe Biden, um, if you don't do it, we don't give you your meds. Did you hear this? That uh, that apparently Doctor Jill gives him uh, some pills before he has to be up and ready to do his speech, and in between, he's just sad and 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 doesn't move and just is just lethargic and you know what the saddest part about that is if they actually have their access to medicine that could help people with his condition or it's alleged condition interesting you say that because i was thinking the very same thing i'm like what pill does this imagine that- <laughs> how it could change i have friends it could change their lives for their you know their parents you know at least you can Get him coherent for, I guess, 12 minutes is what we've deducted. Uh, you know, you, you throw in a pill. He's really good for 12 minutes. Then it, he have to get him off the stage by 20. But you could probably talk to someone and, and say, okay, here's what's going on. I got a short window here. Listen carefully. And at this point, this is elder abuse. I mean, it's been elder abuse. No, so, totally, I mean, totally, that's totally. I find that very troubling. So, as I mentioned before, I kind of read the tea leaves. Um, because the way they freaked out when RGB died, and this is one of the most viral <laughs> meltdowns I can oh, yeah. think of, you know, in, in a while. And this is the woman freaking out over RBG's death. Holy fucking shit, you guys! I'm driving in a car, but I just got a notification that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died! Fuck! <laughs> Could this year get any Fucking worst! Ruth, you just had to make it to 2021! Ah! <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. And, you know, she's getting blamed. She's getting blamed for everything now. They've turned on oh, R- RBG. And it might be for good reason. Oh, oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. For the life of me. RBG is, you're saying, very smart, was a very smart woman. She had to know every day was given. Why didn't she step down? Is well, it hubris? Or is it something different? Yeah, that's that. Okay, so hubris. All right, so this is a puzzle. It's like Wordle. All right, let me see. Right now, because that's the only two choices, right? Right? Was it just I'm going to die on the court and I'm not leaving? Right? Right? You know that. That's what I mean by hubris. That I'm going to hold on in this position. They're going to have to roll me out of here. Well, it's or was it? It certainly appeared that way. You know, she had many bouts of cancer and other types of medical and physical issues, which if you were just doing the math, would seem like, hey, you know, maybe I should do something here. But once Trump got in, it was too late for her. But she could easily step down, just like uh, the most recent one uh, stepped down. No, of course uh, course she could have, but she would have had to do that during Obama. And why didn't she? Because she wasn't a spring chicken under him. I mean, in 2016, she was having health issues. So I'm just saying that the hubris part for a smart woman that she was doesn't make any sense if you're no. looking at the political risk that you run. Maybe she was apolitical, just completely uh, misinformed over a lot of things. Well, it might be more to it, but okay. let's, let's go ahead and get um, <laughs> let's right. get their re- <laughs> let's get their reaction 
uh, for Chris Hage and Rachel Maddow oh, uh, when uh, Ruth passed. Oh, yes. This is, this, is, this is classic. Chris, I've been watching you all hour um, talking to other people about what they think about this uh, and about what they think is going to happen next. Um, as you are handing off to me, I am absolutely compelled. It is beyond my means to not ask you uh, what you think um, and what do you think will happen next? I don't. I think it is what Vanita was saying is correct. I don't think he obvious. I don't think McConnell obviously can hold the caucus together for a vote in the next 45 days. I do not think that's a fait accompli. I think Murkowski was sending a very clear signal. And I think Collins does not want to do that. I think it would spell the probably the end of her political career, which is already there with Cory Gardner and Martha McSally. I think there's a little bit of different calculations, but I think they think they're dead anyway. And McConnell will take their votes. So there's two chapters to think about. Does it happen in the next 45 days? And does it happen in the lame duck? I don't know that they can get it done in the next 45 days. A confirmation in the lame duck after Donald Trump loses would be one of the most sort of ghastly assaults on sort of legitimacy and democracy, I can imagine, but also completely within McConnell's ability. So that's that's where I am right now. But mm-hmm. I don't think I think the future is unwritten and anyone who tells you they know what's going to happen is wrong. We're in utterly uncharted territory. Now, she died just before the election, correct? 45 days. Bro, he said it three or four times, bro. You telling me she was whacked? It could be that, or it could be she retired herself. Hmm, too late. I know this is a wild one. I, I know, but like she didn't know how twenty twenty was gonna go, and yeah. like I, I want to get out the way. And I know it sounds crazy. I know everybody's like, get the sp- cutest uh, Space Jam music because this is a hell of a reach, <laughs> but it doesn't make sense to me. One of two ways. I mean, her getting whacked, that could be one way. Or, okay, let me do this. Let me explain. Let me let you hear in her own words how she felt about Roe versus Wade. When President Clinton became president, um, you were obviously somebody being considered. And then President Clinton talked to somebody who was pushing for your appointment, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, and President Clinton said, well, women don't want her. Now, how could that have been the case when you were the leading lawyer in gender discrimination? Why would women have not wanted you, or some women, not wanted you on the Supreme Court? Just some women. uh, Most women uh, were overwhelmingly overwhelmingly supported by nomination. But I had uh, written a comment on Roe v. Wade, and it was not 100% um, applauding that decision. Oh, you know? Crap, man. We forget so much as human beings. I know this. I know this. And it's been completely (laughs) wiped from the record. Okay. All right. I'm all ears. Refresh our memories. And 45 days That's before crazy. one of the most contested elections, she pops up dead. And the thing is, they could have kept her alive for 45 days. Just like I they mean, do the queen the, in, in the UK. She's been dead for a couple months. They're just waiting. Just you know, like the tr- they do Joe Biden. Exactly. I'm sorry I had to do it. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, but I it, feel bad. I forget no, no, that no, already. No, 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 no. We're joking about it. But the, I think these things are real. This is a very real possibility that 
Oh, wow. Okay, this... You blow, blow my mind. It's too early. It's too early. We got to <laughs> at least two more Did she pull her own plug? Oh, man. Because you hear what you heard what she said about Roe. So she... That, so when she, the women around... When she was trying to get confirmed... Now, yeah. noted, now notice... Compare that to now with Katanji Brown-Jackson, how, you know, everybody was on code. She was ostracized by some women by she wasn't all in hey let me ask you a question you don't yes. happen to have the trump uh when trump heard the news no i don't but i mean if you can dig it up the, uh, here, here's what here's um i may not uh i may not have it um because I, I i remember that i remember seeing him looking extremely shocked he was mm-hmm. on the tarmac he was about to get on the airplane and someone told him, and he was, and it was a very genuine response that he had, and, and the and everybody could see it. I think even um, leftist media were saying, "Ah, oh, it was pretty realistic." It could have also could been, it? That, well, yeah, it, well, it could have been that he was completely blown away, particularly by the messaging. Forty-five days that mm-hmm. he realized right away, "Oh crap, she did me a favor." Or, oh, crap, I just lost a whole bunch of leverage. You think? I mean, I, I thought it actually, no. If we stick it with the theory mm. that he lost power by them getting the third judge bef- before he got reelected. But I think he, anyone would know that that was just not possible. What's that? To, to, to get in 45 days to get a, to get a new Supreme Court justice in. I mean, that, they made it happen. <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> and that's the thing, that's the thing yeah. about it. Uh, Chris is, Hayes said the same thing you just said. Yeah, that's that the crazy thing. There's no way they can pull it together, especially the Republican Party and yeah. uh, Mitch McConnell, you know, how everything was going. But they made yeah. it, ha- they uh, came together and put all their grievances behind it. And like, we had to take advantage. We can't wait to the other side of the election. We got 45 days and right. they and they pulled it together. It's it's crazy, but let's go ahead and get All back right. to uh, RBG and her second part of that clip. What I said was the court had an easy target because the Texas law was the most extreme in the nation. Abortion could be had only if necessary to save the woman's life. Doesn't matter that her health would be ruined, that she was the victim of rape or incest. I thought Roe v. Wade was an easy case, and the Supreme Court could have held that most extreme law unconstitutional and put down its pen. Instead, the court wrote an opinion that made every abortion restriction in the country illegal in one fell swoop. And that was not the way that the court ordinarily operates. You know, it waits it it waits till the next case and the next case. Anyway, it was that 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 some women felt that I should have been one hundred percent in favor of Roe v. Wade and it because I wasn't. Oh no, she was actually interpreting the issue with the law as uh, correctly. Right, you bring up a law, a specific law, and then we'll strike it down. And then you bring up another right, law and we'll right. strike it down, not we write the law. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like to say, yeah. 
oh, you're guaranteed this right. You're saying by, you know, by our authority. Yeah, and they, I think yeah, she they, had a yeah, real you're right. they actually, legal they, issue with that. Yeah, yeah, you know, because what the way it worked is you would now just, in, in essence, and I can understand why people say it this way, by not allowing any other case law to come before the Supreme Court, you elevated that, uh, that issue to uh, almost, human, uh, almost uh, um, constitutional right level, which is how people, uh, of course, over the course of 50 years interpreted that, which was the point. Like an amendment. Exactly, like an amendment. Yes, constitution. Yes, like an amendment. Which is out of the political power of the court. See, like I said, when these people, and I say Clarence Thomas, RGB, all of them, they take law seriously. I know it's like the most obvious statement of the year, but it's a code. And they, it's just like referees. They, it's a code. We're gonna call. We don't. We're gonna be unbiased. We're gonna call it how the rule book lets us call it. And even though you know it may suck, they have to call it that way. And you, for her to stand up in the face of women in that time, when she, you know, saying when she would have got nominated, when she was trying to get uh, on the court, confirmed. Yep. She she could have easily said, you know what, kowtow. But she stood on her principles. And it's not about the topic itself. It's about how the court is supposed to work. Excellent point. I'm so glad you brought this up again. And and like you said, it's very meta because this is a bigger discussion of how this country is going to move forward. Is it going to be a federal, (laughs) you know, like top down kind of thing? Or is it? States are going to have their own identities, and you move to the state that this, better fits well, yes. best fits you. Well, this is thank you. This is this is exactly what's going on. Um, and I think most people, even though you know they don't, the electoral college has to go. That's no good, which is fundamental, which is a safety net, so we don't get crazy people uh, in in the White House, which of course it mm-hmm. kind of failed. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> I think a lot of constant, you know, there's very little understanding, and this. There hasn't been many opportunities for interpretation of the Electoral College and the process and what Trump tried to do by refuting it. Uh, he tried to, to deploy the safety net, the, the parachute, and it didn't unfold. You know, it, it, it failed. Mm-hmm. And that, that will be looked at, I'm sure, in decades to come. Uh, but when you hear cons- constantly, and I'm always pushing against it. Our democracy, our demo- no, we, we don't have a democracy. We're not like the European Union. We're not... You know, uh, we're not uh, Germany. We're not Sweden. We don't have a a, a monarchy. We're a, we're a constitutional republic. I'll let you get away with democratically chosen or democratically represented republic. You got to have republic in there. And the con- the constant oh, the January six, our democracy, our democracy hangs in the back. We're about to lose our democracy. I don't even know what that means when you lose it. Tell me what that means. It's so, branding. Well, it's branding. It's, me, it's, it's brainwashing. It's, it's obvious. It's but, branding and brainwashing, and it's mainly the socialist party groups, non-governmental organizations that print the signs for the kids to carry. Let's just keep it 100. Okay. 90% of the media is Democrats. Leftists. But Democrats. I mean, what I mean is they, they identify as politically as sure. Democrats. Probably, so yes. Obviously, it's bad branding to call ourselves a republic on ma- mainstream media. Oh, no, I understand. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's factually incorrect. 
Right, but, but we live, like you said, it's mind control. It's yeah. brain. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, so yes. it, that's the whole point of their existence is to mind control people. And as long as you start them off young enough and get them on some uh, antidepressants and SSRIs, I think you're just pumping uh, Democrats out of the schooling system. Right. So it's education, mm-hmm. media, you know, those and are the pharma, main sources of information. And pharma. Right. You got to soften them up. <laughs> get them ready to receive. <laughs> soften them up. Yes. Oh, no, I, I, I've, been doing a, I've been doing a lot of research on this in the past couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get back to uh, the liberal outrage. I'm thinking about that relationship with him and his wife. And you think about the, the difference of how justices are treated as they get old. He is the oldest member of the court or will be next year. Um, and he was sick. And there were basically uh, hopes and prayers on Twitter for his uh, demise and the leaks about yeah. uh, his wife and his wife's uh, political work. On the flip side, when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was ill, uh, the left's outpouring support of support was overwhelming. And, and you really didn't hear anybody on the right speak in that way. Is there stop, something stop, unique stop, about his stop, position? Stop. Yeah. I got to call bull crap right there. Yeah, really? It was so many dead memes going around about RGB. Come, come, like, come. See, this is what, this is how they discredit themselves. It's, it, it was, is she, it was like, is she, is she dead watch? And yeah. I'm just saying that, that was part of the game. It's we like, had is the she Deadpool dead? and is everything. She, you know, it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> right. So don't, don't play that. Oh, we were so, we were angels. On yeah. it, it, it goes both ways. It goes both yeah. ways. So okay. I mean, you can wind it back a little bit. We can yeah. hear him be disingenuous <laughs> again. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was ill. Uh, the left's outpouring support of support was overwhelming. And, and you really <laughs> didn't hear anybody on the right speak in that way. Is there something unique about his position that engenders that hatred or is that hatred exist? And it just needs a, a, a spotlight. And that is Clarence Thomas. Well, I I think, look, there is a lot of good faith disagreement with, I mean, his views on constitutional law are, I mean, he does not titrate these. He is, he is maximum strength. And so if you don't see the world the way that he does in terms of those, I understand that vehement disagreement. But what I, but what I will tell you is that it is odd. Justice Alito, uh, Justice Gorsuch, Justice Kavanaugh, Justice Barrett, their views are all pretty close to his. And it is Justice Thomas over and over that earns this. And I'll tell you the truth, though. In fairness, he welcomes it. He, no, he His sort of philosophy in life is beware of white liberals who are here to help. Wait, beware of white liberals who what? Are here to help. <laughs> well, we know where that comes from. Oh, we're going to get to that. But, but before <laughs> we do, uh, let's back it up a little bit. What could it be between him and the other justices that makes him open target? Hmm. Is what is there any any difference we can see? I, 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 it, 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 <laughs> this was the most baffling thing of the, the whole show. What could it be that you know makes them? It's clear as day. <laughs> they, it, they use racial slurs in any window. <laughs> I mean, like well, hang him. It? Yeah, it, and it was open season. But the, it, it, they. See, once again, see, I, I have to get on both sides of the media. I could see, I guess this from the tone of it, it it's like a more conservative um, operation. Uh, I think it's news now or something like that. So I guess mm-hmm. they're light, right? You know, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So they have to be careful not to play the race card. It was because on it was interesting, you know, I'm the canary in the coal mine. So uh, when black Twitter gets through to me, you know, I always take note. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's potent. <laughs> yes. This was potent. An N-word meme. About Clarence Thomas. Oh yeah, the, and her tweet didn't get taken down. Yeah, taken down. No. She was like, "Don't you don't he realize something like he, his rights are next?" And she hit him with the hard er. Oh yeah, and and it was <laughs> oh, yeah. people under her that was so called black cheering her own. And I can't say that was a majority, but there were those people that was like, "Yeah, that was black Twitter so, though, right?" Because that that it, it was so potent, as you said, that it came through to my timeline. It, I think the reaction made it like triggered your your notification it worked doesn't but, matter doesn't matter so yeah came but through. a lot of people would like you will whoa, whoa. you say like you you went too far you know or that kind of thing but there was a, a, a minority of people that that were black that were like you know what i'm saying giving her the okay it, yeah and, and you know uh samuel jackson has something to say uh, oh, really? about clarence thomas it, it was yeah it's very it, like i said clarence thomas he's that guy that everybody, Ben Carson, he's the same way. Uh, uh, what's the guy out in California? Larry Elders. These are guys you're know, saying that you could take a pot shot at, you know, just for you know, saying clout, right? You know, so um, yeah. So he he, but he wants all. The, trust me, Clarence Thomas wants all the smoke. He understands the power that he wills, and I just find it weird that. They turned a blind eye to, you know, the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. They, I told you they had bigger fish to fry. And it's I, like, I, we're I, not like going to waste our, I like that not analysis. Waste our political power yeah. on, on that. And I have a lost episode uh, that will never probably come out. It was called, and like, Clarence Thomas was the Kraken. And they, they didn't unleash, <laughs> wow. Yeah. They didn't unleash the Kraken because, like, if it's going to happen, it has, he had to get his okay. Oh, my god. And the goodness. fact that he didn't, it was like, mm-mm. <laughs> that is so smart, Kraken Thomas. I like it. <laughs> nice, excellent. Oh wow, he was the Kraken. Oh yeah, he still is. Obviously, he he still is, and and they understand that. And 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 it, he got that power as soon as that fifth justice force. Cons- I mean, uh, the fucking what fifth? Uh, conservative justice was uh, confirmed. He knew he was like, yes, <laughs> I, got, I got, I got everything I need to uh, push everything back to state rights. Right. Yes. So completely. Where, where could he get that thinking on white liberals though? Yeah, I know that. I know this one. I know this one. Teach. I know this one. I know this one. Do I just play it? Because I know this one. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> it was only forty episodes ago. The white liberal differs from the white conservative only in one way. The liberal is more deceitful, more hypocritical than the conservative. Both want power, but the white liberal is the one who has perfected the art of posing as the Negro's friend and benefactor. And by winning the friendship and support of the Negro, the white liberal is able to use the Negro as a pawn or a weapon in this political football game that is constantly raging between the white liberals and the white conservatives. The American Negro is nothing but a political football, and the white liberals control this ball through tricks or tokenism. Yeah, uh, Malcolm X, of course. Right. You, and and pe- for people who had heard the previous shows about Clarence Thomas, he was very radical in his younger years, even a self-proclaimed Marxist. So 
Can I ask you a question? He's seen the whole spectrum of, you know, politics. Let me ask you a question about what uh, what Malcolm X said there. Um, When you were still at the corporation. Working for the man. Mm -hmm. Working for the man. Um, (laughs) Would you say the same held true? Did you notice that in everyday life? uh, Because, of course, you would know, obviously, who was white. You probably knew who was white and liberal versus white and conservative. Did you notice literally those traits that Malcolm X spoke about? Or should we only see that more at a political level? It's, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, do you? Yeah, I understand what yeah. you're saying. I, I, and it's re, Republicans, conservatives, they're straightforward with what they want. I mean, they're very, very clear, you know, on, on what they want. It's the fact that, for the most part, liberals come with tricks and get your booty to the pole. Uh, right, but that's all political. Vax that thing up. Uh, no, that, but, yes, I agree that, and 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 I complete. And Malcolm X is one hundred percent right. I'm just asking in normal mm-hmm. everyday life of a black man in America in a probably reasonably mixed mixed uh, uh, corporate workforce that you were in. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that there were also, if it was a white conservative, that you, like you just said, you it, be, it would be clear up front, or she, and if it was white liberal, they might lose tricks in the workplace. Or was it not even necessarily white? Was it maybe Asian brown? I mean, did you see that type of behavior more based on liberal of non-black? You can tell. I think I know the question that you're asking, and you can tell how people deal with you, mm-hmm. their political leanings before you knew for sure what their political leanings were. Oh, just by their approach, right? Can you give me an example? Okay, like. One side would tell you just straight like how it is, or there would be also they'd be very quiet about you're saying politics. Mm-hmm. But but Democrats felt like they had the moral high ground or liberal people, so they were very voracious about their opinion. And then also, it was like a persuasion thing. Like, oh, this is what's good for you. It's like, don't you think I know what's good for me? I mean, like you know, I don't need you to try to persuade me what's good for me so kind of like you're you may you may need some help understanding this right right <laughs> that, that's right exactly. like you, i know you haven't thought about this before but you know uh oh let me help you let me assist you so i can feel good about right, myself well but, but this this once again not i hope i use the term correctly but i think this is matter look at her tweet what did she say doesn't this n-word know they're yeah. coming for it. He's a he's a Supreme Court justice. What do you mean? Like that that kind of thing. Yeah, I you know, don't. It, I don't think Clarence Thomas could ever qualify as an N word with the with the with the with the ER. No, but what I'm saying is, like, she was enlightening him. Yes, on yeah, you know, I, I the impact of his his decision. It's like that part. It's like whoa. I guess I'm connecting the the dumb N word. You know, it's like, hey, you dumb N word. Right. You know, that's kind so, of what that was. No, I, yeah, but that's the point I'm trying to make is that their approach, the liberal approach, is to persuade you with some kind of, uh, you know, mind control. Let's just call it what it is. It's, it's, it's mind control. Now, both sides use it. But oh, I yeah, think and the, let me, let me the, give you an example. Just doing this very show, I've received um, probably more tweets than emails. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of accusing me, saying, "Well, I hope you feel good with what you're doing." Is this, you know, to to ease your conscience? 
Yeah, go ahead. And that's, and I, I, I know those tweets. And I think that's coming from very uh, conservative uh, people on the right, I think. Right. Not from leftists. Le- they don't listen. On the left, they're like, they, they can't even imagine it. They can't listen. <laughs> they can't listen to the show. In general, generalizing, of course. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I would say so. No, I'm just saying that. Like, that's. You would think the open-minded side would be, be you know, let me listen. Well, I think that people, would be well, the sign of open-mindedness, but that's the... People who listen you know, to c- us, to us banter, um, are very centrist in general, I'd say. Extremely centrist. and Common sense-based. I mean, yeah, logic-based, yeah. reason-based. And, uh, uh, yeah. and hungry for knowledge. They feel, in fact, I, most people who listen, I think they feel, especially if you, if you can stick with us for one episode, you'll mm-hmm. feel cheated. You'll feel cheated out of what you thought you knew, what you were taught, what you learned. Um, yeah, I think I think you feel just like holy crap. How come? How come I don't know any of this? That, that I think that's what most people think. That's how I feel for sure. And to get back to your question, the way, the difference is, and and it played out on a global scale. You had American Nazis. And you had German Nazis. Yeah. Like the German Nazis was like, oh yeah, we we duck walking down the uh <laughs> down the street, you know what I'm saying, with all our emblazoned, you know, uh military gear on. Mm-hmm. American Nazis showed up, and this is a little foreshadowing, so I'm going somewhere with this. Showed up in white coats and and you know, humanitarian aid, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, let let yeah, me yeah, yeah. let me help you. You know, it's mm-hmm. like both of y'all want the same thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's their approach. You know, that's that's the perspective I think Michael Max was speaking from. Got it's it. like at least I know why the German Nazis are here and I can defend against that, but the deception is just something else to worry about on top of what's sad about this comparison is that Basically, all white people are Nazis. They're just the ones that are open about it. <laughs> the ones that are not open about it. All white supremacists are okay. Yes. And we, we go. We definitely gonna. We definitely gonna get to that um, later in the show as well. But let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, where we stop at? Uh, we're oh, thirteen. D- well, if they can't persuade you, then they'll just threaten you. <laughs> Overnight, FBI investigators searched the California home of the man the FBI says traveled from there to Washington, D.C. to attack a Supreme Court justice. At about 1 o'clock Wednesday morning, police say a man dressed in black with a suitcase and a backpack got out of a taxi in front of the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who lives in suburban Maryland. They say after spotting two federal marshals outside the house, he walked a block away and called 911. He advised he's having suicidal and homicidal thoughts. Police say he told them he came to kill the justice and was armed. While he was still on the phone with police, officers arrived and arrested him. Court documents identify him as Nicholas John Roski, age 26, of Simi Valley, California. They say he was carrying a handgun, ammunition, a knife, pepper spray, and burglary tools. Investigators say he told them he was upset that the Supreme Court might overturn Roe v. Wade and loosen gun laws and that he planned to kill the justice and then himself. Wow, that's a good report. I hadn't heard. I knew what happened, but I didn't have that clip. A lot of people didn't know what happened because if you one of the highest political figures, well, I mean, quote unquote political figures in in the country, assassination attempt. Oh, there there was no reporting on it. There was no. There was very little reporting. The fact silence is deafening. Silence is violence, Mo. 
obviously or <laughs> but it's this this kind of thing right here so you when i heard this i'm like okay the first question you have to ask in these situations is is he mk ultra or not i mean because right you just show up from california in a taxi yeah, you we, we, him. it would be nice to have a little more information than that i didn't know about the taxi part either yeah, he flew from Cal- like. When did you bring the gun with you? Did you get it when you got here? It's so it's just so convenient that you could find a gun and you're saying in this area. I mean, like I think it said it was in D.C. or Maryland. Excuse me. You know, it was still tough gun laws. Very tough. You know, yeah. right? So you just come like I need certainly I need these questions state, answered. Certainly out of state. I mean, I I don't think you can just fly in and buy. Can you? I don't think in D.C. you can do. D.C. is pretty regulated. I don't think. I think Virginia is probably the most gun gun friendliest. Uh, so maybe you got in Virginia. That's possible. Possible, but I'm just saying we need to have these questions answered. And the fact that he, well, let's get more into the story. Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's a former federal judge himself, said he earlier took steps to increase security for the justices. Threats of violence and actual violence against the justices, of course, strike at the heart of our democracy. And we'll do everything we can to prevent them and to hold people who do them accountable. Was that Roberts himself? No. Who said that? That was him. No, man, shut up with your democracy. (laughs) To prevent them and to hold people who do them accountable. Garland acted after protesters showed up at the homes of Kavanaugh and two other justices following the leak of a draft of the court's abortion ruling. Congress is now considering a bill to provide more money for securing the justices and their families, but last month's murder of a retired Wisconsin judge and the shooting attack at the home of a federal judge in New Jersey nearly two years ago that killed her son have prompted new calls for more security for judges, including a measure now before Congress that would block personal information about judges and their families from the Internet. Investigators say that continues to be a concern. They say that Roski told him that he got the idea of coming to kill Justice Kavanaugh after finding the justice's home address on the Internet. Roski has been charged with attempted murder of a federal judge. No comment from his lawyer, Savannah. All right. Pete Williams, thank you very much. And no follow-up from the media. Thank you very much. Not at all. I'm, no. We're talking... this. This. These... Uh, <clears throat> cops and stuff should be celebrated, right? They saved the life of a justice. No fanfare, no nothing, no reporting. That lets me know that something something don't smell right in my book. You're right. I and I yeah. I didn't dive into it. I'm kind of kicking myself over it. And, and the choice of which justice it was. Now we well, we course, hate yeah. Clarence Thomas, but we can't be threatened to kill him now. No, that won't I mean, work. No, that that could that could backfire. Although you could probably do it now. They might have backfired no. then. No, you don't think so? No, I'm saying, but this this was recent. This was after the the the, the leak. Uh, you know, no, they, I, they no, set I know. This in motion. I know, but yeah, you know, no, that, that's that's about no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> now, see, that would go. That would be jumping, and they understood that. Now we can't go after Clarence Thomas. You know, we can kill his reputation, mm. but we can't threaten him with violence. For one one of two reasons. One, because that's just bad uh, optics. You know, a white man trying to kill so a black that, man, that's just, that's that's just what I'm not going to fly. That's what I'm that, saying. Yeah. I think we're at the point right now with this, this discussion, we've so lost sight of 
Clarence Thomas being black. I don't think people see mm-hmm. that anymore. They see him as evil, as the problem in the way. I think they could have white white man threatening black man in this case because that's how d- crazy it has gotten. I, I, I think that's a hard sell. Who, and it's we're not, speaking completely hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. It, of course, it's it, ill advised. It, it, yeah, let's it, just take the other man out. I mean, we can't. Amy, nah, she's a woman. Yeah, uh, Clarence, he's black. Who, who else we got? You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's the obvious first target. Yeah, of course. Right, he's yeah. the youngest too. So yeah. I mean, you're gonna save yourself a lot of years. And, and, and we're talking about this in jest and gallows humor, but <clears throat> it's conversations that happen like this to say who, who, even if it's. Let's send him a message. Like when these people used to be running in the White House with Obama before big decisions. It's like, let's, let's just let's send him a little, you know, a, a little message. Oh, yeah. It's a real message Cause, then. Because you, you got to listen to this guy's quote-unquote programming uh. in the 911 call. Hearing for the first time the 911 recording for the man charged with threatening to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He called police on himself, telling 911 he had a gun and he intended to harm Justice Kavanaugh. WUSA 9 investigative reporter uh, Nathan Baca has just released or just listened to that 911 recording. What did we learn? Well, according to the charging documents, Nicholas Rosk of California called 911 Wednesday morning, telling an operator he was right around the corner from Justice Kavanaugh's Montgomery County home. He confessed he had a firearm, pepper spray, and a knife. Now, Montgomery County police said they found those items in Rosk's luggage. In the 911 call, Rosk claims he just came from the airport. He doesn't say whether he passed those weapons through airport security. For a total of 15 minutes, the 911 operator kept Ross calm and talkative until police could confront him. Here is Rosk in his own words after saying he wanted to hurt Kavanaugh and himself. I need, I need psychiatric help because I didn't think I could get away with it. And also, I've been for a long time. I've been hospitalized multiple times. At no time in his 911 call did Ross give any political statement or give any motive for wanting to harm Justice Kavanaugh. Now, detectives say Ross later admitted to being upset about his perception of Justice Kavanaugh's positions on abortion rights and gun control. Now, there's a lot more on these tapes. We're working to bring you more tonight on the news at 11. Oh, man, this is so good. I have to, I have to get a copy of the whole <laughs> 9-11 call. But listen, I've, as I've been delving into things... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you've probably heard of devil's breath. You know, this is white powder. You can kind of drop in front of someone. Oh yeah, from Brazil. It's called Salsa S. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the devil's breath. But Uh what I've learned in in, uh, open dialogue with the No Agenda, No Agenda Nation about SSRIs, first of all, a lot of people are on them. You know, see these psychotropic drugs and antidepressants. But also there's something called Adderall-induced psychosis. And several people have emailed me about uh, girlfriends, uh, children, etc., who have, uh, you know, will be taking Adderall. All of a sudden, they, they just go nuts. And, you know, and all kinds of things, you know, some become sex addicts, you know, others start stealing. And they don't know what's going on until they're taken off Adderall. I mean, so there's so many ways into the human psyche, the human brain. This guy sounds like... He didn't even need a handler. He just needs to watch MSNBC, and he could come to that conclusion. Obviously, well, a nudge would help, right? But to get on your <clears throat> to get on an airplane, fly from California to DC, right? Oh, none of that makes sense. You, you, no, ha- none of you it have makes to be sense. politically driven. But when you call nine one one, you <clears throat> you don't mention politics at all. 
No, because he, he <laughs> re- motive. No, he really the, the MK Ultra programming was wearing off. It, the guy had a moment of class. It's like you know, it's like the people. No, listen, I'm serious. I'll, I'll hire you. you know, it's the people who are, you know they 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 wake up during the intubation on a ventilator and they pull all the shit out themselves and they go, ah, mm-hmm. and they get up and they walk out of the hospital and they're they're pretty much fine. There's multiple <clears throat> stories of that during COVID. It's kind of like that, you know. You 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 coming a little bit out of the fog. Like, what am I going to do? I've, I'm, I'm, I mean, totally. It wore off. Something happened. Maybe he got anti-triggered by something. Maybe uh, he got the call. It's like, no, it's, it's the test run, self-destruct. <laughs> uh, Agent Smart, you can stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Self-destruct, or maybe that was always the intent. Gosh, I'd love to know. Did he get a phone call? It's, it's a, full, a, it's a full, the full nine one one call out there is out there, and he sounds very confused. He calls the cops, <clears throat> then he calls the cops, hangs up, then calls them back. Like I'll, I'll call him, call you right back. And it, and like it's, it's a wow. very weird, weird uh, situation. And the fact that it took fifteen minutes, and, and Kavanaugh's house had a detail on it. So you got this guy standing at the corner on the phone for fifteen uh, minutes. Another excellent no, point. None of this makes sense, but one thing I want to let people know is killing judges is real. Like, it, that's something you would think would be more talked oh, about. All but, around the world, it happens all the time. Right. And it's one of that case I want to bring up that you, you probably, I'm sure you covered it, but then we all forget about these things. But she was the first female Muslim yes. uh, U.S. judge found dead in New York. The first female Muslim judge in the United States was found dead in the Hudson River on Wednesday. According to Reuters, police said Sheila Abdussalam was found floating off Manhattan's west side at about 1.45 p.m. She was 65 years old. Police pulled her clothed body from the water and she was pronounced dead at the scene. An autopsy will determine the cause of death, police said. Abdussalam became the first African-American woman named to the Court of Appeals when New York Governor Andrew Cuomo appointed her to the New York court in 2013. She was also the first female Muslim to serve as a judge in the U.S., according to the Princeton Encyclopedia of American Political History. The New York Post reported that Salam had been reported missing from her Harlem home earlier on Wednesday, citing unnamed sources. Now, they say she's African-American. Was she uh, African-American? Was she Ados or was she... Uh, I don't think so. Elon I, I, Omar. From her, I, I'm not sure of her origin, but I don't think she's Ados. But if you listen... She had a lot of uh, uh, checks in her, you know what I'm saying, in mm-hmm. her... Uh, um, on her bio. On her, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got first uh, female, Muslim, black. black. You know, and nobody talks about her. Yeah, there's You so would think m- this would be something that one would be solved. You know, you know what the problem is? <laughs> uh, it's, this, it's part of the same problem. The respect of the rule of law is being subverted, uh, you know, obviously with the, with the threatening of Supreme Court justices. But when you when people no longer respect, revere, etc., judges, they that's literally not respecting the law. And that's a very dangerous situation, especially when it's not even really discussed much or reported or it isn't much of an outrage, uh, no matter where the judge is from. If. If, if if you can't and and that's part of it's by the same making because we look at attorney generals placed by Soros. I mean, if anything, what uh, what the Open Society Institute has done with district attorneys throughout the United States, mm-hmm. 
uh, it's not about, I mean, it's really about um, people losing respect for the law. I think that, that, that seems to be like the strategy. Well, it's a loud, it's a loud respect for, I mean, they're, they're allowed to lose respect for the law, but see, the thing is, is they can turn that on and off anytime they want to. And I'm yeah. a firm believer that a lot of this is controlled demolition for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, you. so you have to tear the old system down to build up this new the great data driven justice system. Yeah, it's got. And, and when it's all said and done, you're going to see what you're going to see. Harsher crime to, to uh, crime bill 2.0 come. Yeah. Uh, I think mass incarceration is not going to be needed. It's going to be like home incarceration, home incarceration, yeah, home incarceration, mm-hmm. check in. You got a smartphone, you know, um, you can only be in these certain sectors at this yep. certain time and they can successfully do this and it'll just be, you know, and, and all of this is setting up perfectly. You know, they, they understand when they let 2020 happen and that proverbial glass shattered. Mm-hmm. They know how to clean up, trust me, because you saw in Manhattan. When it started to spill over into Manhattan, that quickly ended. That ended real fast. Real fast. They were like, whoa, whoa, now. <laughs> you, you're getting out of control, but that's that's the way the system worked. But my point is, this is great campaign material. You know, who killed her? You know, you don't hear anybody say her name, you know, um, and why, why is that? Um, so we, I, we don't know anything about it. We have no perp. We have no, do we even have the actual cause of death? Was she dead before she was thrown in? Well, it was 17 might answer your question. Oh, okay. Trailblazing New York State Appeals Court Judge, the Honorable Sheila Abdus-Salam, was found dead in the Hudson River last week. The 65-year-old was the first African-American woman to sit on the highest New York State Court. Now, on April 12th, her body was pulled out of the Hudson River near West 132nd Street by the NYPD Harbor Unit. Now, the area is buzzing because of the high-profile nature of this death. Not since uh, New York Supreme Court Justice Joseph Crater's disappearance in the 30s have we seen such a mystery surrounding a judge's death in the state of new york he went missing for almost a decade and was declared dead in 1939 but they never found his body now i'm in newark right now in front of her husband's home uh his name is gregory a jacobs he's a priest at the episcopal diocese of newark nobody answered the door when i knocked now initially law enforcement were treating her death as a suicide but now the death is being deemed suspicious though the NYPD has said, and I quote, there's no apparent trauma to her body. They don't believe that she was in, a, in the water for a very long time. Hmm. <laughs> wow, you'd think, I mean, this is, well, it's on, John and I were talking about this. It's on the level of um, easy news you can score big clicks and ratings with. Like Hunter Biden, just show one picture of the crack pipe. Instant ratings now. Now we can't do that. So there's reasons. But I'm speaking politically. Say her name. I mean, this is this is Yeah. Was she killed because she was a Muslim? Was she killed because she was black? Did she was ha- it, you know, crime related? Did she, have, did did she, she have a bad uh, opinion on someone? You know, was right. A- what, what, what it's so many politically it could be used in so many different ways as a campaign mechanism. For you know, violence against women. (laughs) Politicians don't care, Mo. (laughs) They take orders. No, they care about elections. 
And everything I talk about when I talk about policies, not about governance. It's about getting people into those polls and to pull that level or keeping them out of it. But we're saying the and same thing. And this is great material. That, but it's to, it's not being used because of some order. So yeah, something that that's my point. It's like, yeah. And the fact. Well, let's go ahead and just get to the, the, uh, the next clip. Now, in a statement, Abdus Salam's husband vehemently denies the suicide reports. He's quoted as saying that they have no basis in reality. And also, he goes on to say, those of us that have loved Sheila and know her well do not believe that any of these unfounded conclusions have any basis in reality. And we believe such speculations to be unwarranted and irresponsible. I'm sure he wasn't happy with uh, the initial response from Mayor de Blasio, uh, where he wrote basically that he was calling it a suicide uh, in a quote. Uh, he's had, obviously, we're still waiting for the full investigation, but to the extent of the challenges and stresses in her life uh, that contributed to this, it's a reminder that even the most accomplished people still deal with extraordinary challenges inward. That's what he wrote last week. We spoke to retired NYPD Detective Sergeant Joe Jackalone. Detectives always treat deaths as if they're suspicious until proven otherwise. That's the correct way to handle any death investigation. It doesn't matter if the person's 100 or they're 40 or they're a judge or they're, uh, you know, whatever. What changed the uh, the narrative here was uh, the fact that the me- medical examiner came out with a manner of death of undetermined. Now, the NYPD has released this flyer on Twitter uh, urging people with information to contact the 26th precinct if they know anything about Abdus Salam's death. What's very interesting wow. to me is that the New York Post, citing sources so you don't know if it's 100% correct because it's not official, stated that there was water in her lungs. And that only happens when someone goes into the water alive. Not going to speculate on what happened here, but it's really important that they solve this because the judicial system is the one great thing we've got in this country. Wow. What was that from, uh, those reports? Do you remember? That was, I don't remember. Mm, It was uh, like a YouTube-type news channel. Okay. It was a professional operation. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. I'm glad there's two of us. Why is it not used, though? I mean, that, I, mean I don't know, man. I don't like know. Like Malcolm X said, everything is a political football. Yeah, it makes sense. And when no they sense. don't use stuff, it, it doesn't make sense. To, it's a reason why. Just like how they can't you do use Uvalde. Because if it, you know, if it was a white guy that did that, yeah, that fit the profile, oh, they could use it, but we can't use the brown kid. Because trust me, the cops, even the white shoe and the way the cops reacted, they, they will be tearing the story up. But it's like, eh, we can't really, you know, dive into it. And the same thing with uh, the Orlando shooting the, uh, and the same thing with the Vegas shooting. It's like, why? Why don't you ever talk about those? Well, because there's something going on. You need to shut up. Hello. <laughs> right, right. Hello. And when you do that, that makes me crazy, and I have to go and figure out what the hell's going on, or this, at least, yeah, you know, get caught up to speed, you know, on what's going on. Well, we're up to speed, certainly, and it's not good. It's phenomenal. I had no idea that that, that it was that deep. Or the, yeah, <laughs> appreciate. So, that. so I guess we can go ahead and uh, rep- remind people why we do what we do. First, the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table. The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro. And the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. Yes, indeed. That is, 
exactly what we do here at MoFax with Adam Curry. We've been doing it now. This is our 84th episode, and we appreciate everybody who has been along for that ride, has supported us. Uh, complete value for value proposition we have for you. This is a lot of work, uh, especially for Mo, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's high quality and we believe it's extremely valuable. If you feel that you're receiving value from this, return it to us. And it's very easy to do. You just write down a number, whatever you, whatever you think is the, the value that only you can determine for your life, for your pocketbook, for your media consumption, for your knowledge. And uh, go to mofax.com. We have a donation page. You can go uh, directly to that, mofundme.com. And uh, let us know. Uh, Let us know with a simple PayPal, Cash App, etc. And we're going to thank our executive and associate executive producers and our boosters right here. Kicking it off with John Taylor, $173. GBG, he says, from Cerveza of the Black Side of Pikes. Do we have a pallet? A lot of GBG memes lately on Twitter, mm-hmm. too. A lot of people reminding us of what we came up with. For those who are new, GBG, give blacks guns. Uh, that's our mantra here. And we have uh, Hotshot coming in. It says, Dear Fax Fam, let's see, Hotshot hot uh, comes in with 10111. Uh, and Hotshot says, Long- Did you get the big baller? Uh, I'm sorry, I've completely forgotten. Whoa, that. whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, stop I, the presses! Oh, I'm so sorry. Stop yes, no, we got to do a big baller for John Baller. Taylor. Hello, shot caller, twenty inch blades on the Impala. Sorry about that. We have other big ballers as well coming up later. From Ooh, the, you uh, almost, you almost broke the system. Well, we're gonna no. We'll uh, thank you for catching me. Okay. Back to hot shot. Long overdue do donation, please. D deadbeat me. I well, we love doing that. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Been listening since the mid-30s, on and off, and as of late, mostly on. I've gone back and listened to some episodes prior to my original listen. I really don't know where you dig these clips up from sometimes. Some are truly incredible. Yes, well, that's part of the value you get. I look forward to the new episode coming out, and I think I go through some withdrawals when I don't see the podcast popping up. Yeah, we try to do it on our schedule. Life gets in the way. (laughs) (laughs) I hope life after corporate slavery is treating you and the family well. Mo, I'm sorry I can't help out with more karma for all. Please, thank you for your courage from Hotshot. We really appreciate this uh, donation uh, and this support. And uh, I think uh, Mo is probably much better off without the corporate slavery. (laughs) You've got Mo Kong. Daniel Warod or Warod. Uh, $100.02. I've been meaning to donate for a while now. Mo, uh, stuck in an airport, couldn't be, couldn't in good conscience keep listening without donating. Mind is always blown by the end of an episode. Thank you, Daniel. Joe sends in $100 and a simple note. Thanks, Mo. There you go. Uh, Those are the executive producers for episode 84. Now our associate executive producers. Uh, Mo and Adam says, we here though. We sold four shirts using the first discount code I shared with y'all. So here's your cut. $20 plus 55 is my usual. Now, which shirts are these? Oh, that's his shirt. Uh, we hear, though. And that's one he said. Oh, uh, I remember now. He said now. in the P.O. box. And it's, right. it's a nice. And we talked about it. It's a nice it. white shirt with silver yes. writing on it. Uh, it's one of my frequent wears. Oh, nice. So, I, yeah. So, uh, uh, we here though, what, what's his, uh, domain name for we here? Where, where I think we, it is. I think we it's we here though.com oh, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Though T H. They have other designs as well. 
the new code, the new code for ten percent off for all friends of the show is MoFax with Adam with Adam though, <laughs> and I'll still <laughs> kick back five dollars to the show for every order placed. We appreciate that, man. That, that works really well. That's uh, no contract, no win. hassle, win win for all. Thanks for all you. For, thanks for all y'all do, but more importantly, for who for who you be. They're still trying to kill us. We here though. <laughs> Nice. so true <laughs> franny n 75 thank you so much for all you do i've enjoyed listening since 2020 should have donated earlier it's okay franny that's how it works whenever you feel the urge whenever you feel the need that don't let silicon valley price your information you do it yourself c davis 5333 wish i could send more please d deadbeat me hey man it, you don't have to apologize for anything that's how value for value works congratulations you're no longer a deadbeat. Our buddy Eric Hochel from Deutschland, 52. Thank you very much, uh, Eric. Tigard Kent, keep up the good work with 51. Joseph Payne, love the work you do Please uh, with 50, uh, $50. Please keep it up. Hit me with that good D-dead beating. A lot of D-dead beats today. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. And then we have David K with uh, $50, and his note is simply knowledge. Yes. And that's a pretty good deal for some good knowledge, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Now we need to thank uh, Cerveza. I think we stop here. Well, no, but I need to thank uh, some of the Boostergrammers because we got oh, some ballers me. in here. Yeah, we got some ballers in here. So uh, GBG. I, I, I did, so before you start, I did see some record setting. Yes. Boost. I yes. mean, the, I, was it in the, is that just for the fountain app or just the boost? You well, gotta, you gotta give me some background on that, just so people know how. And like, you, there's a yes, yeah, so scorekeeping um, thing going on. You know, get your name up on the board like Pat Man. Yeah, well, this is exactly what's happening. Leaderboards are starting to appear. Value for we took the concept of value for value, meaning um, you listen to something and you think it's valuable, so you're getting uh, information in, and you want to send some kind of value back. And we took mm-hmm. that down to the micro level in podcasting 2.0. And uh, we have seven or eight apps that now support it. Uh, new, new podcast apps.com. And so you put some money in there and just to make it easy, you put it in the form of Satoshi's, which is a piece of Bitcoin, but allows you to send very, very small amounts. Um, and the way we set it up is when you're listening to a podcast, you're sending a, an amount determined by you per minute to the podcast. Now, yeah, maybe some will do fifty satoshis or a hundred satoshis. It's it's close to a penny or two. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not it's not a lot of money, uh, but some people do much higher. And I usually say, hey, I think uh, an hour should at least be worth a dollar. So, and you can right. easily see that in the app. You can see how much you're sending. Now, you can send a boost or a boostogram. We get to attach a message. We can send a larger amount. And um, the, uh, in the Fountain app, they've. I mean, they're going crazy with this. So they have it set up so you get a wallet. You don't even need Bitcoin or Satoshis. You can just start listening to shows and they'll give you a Satoshi per minute. Um, Mm -hmm. If you want, you can listen to some kind of sponsor message. They'll give you a Satoshi per second. And so people are doing that and they're taking those and they're giving the value back to other podcasts. And uh, people are also charging it up. You can do it with your cash app. So Cerveza of the backside of Pike's Peak, who we just saw earlier, um, he came in four times through the Fountain app, and Fountain, um, they could let you opt in to make your boost amounts public. So they do have a leaderboard, biggest supporters of the entire Fountain app. 
and uh, our show is number one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what piqued my interest. It was like, hold on, like we number one, number one, like out so, of everybody. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you what came through. So, Cerveza, he sent us a boostergram. Uh, the first one is let me just count the zeros one two three yeah one, count two, the zeros that's a, that's a good problem to have why, why you count those zeros sir one million seventy thousand satoshis he sent mm-hmm. another one one million seventy thousand satoshis he sent two more ninety five thousand satoshis uh and uh in both cases he says gbg surveys of the backside of pike's peak and he How just, you like that? So he gets a, a huge... Baller! Shot caller! 20-inch blades on the Impala! I appreciate that, man. It's fantastic. Uh, we got uh, 100,000 sats from Anonymous sending you this boost just to let you know I stream double sats per minute to you on the reg. It's not a lot. I'm not looking for recognition. Just hope it encourages you to know. Well, yes, it does. We really appreciate. That's great. Uh, and he sent that twice. A hundred thousand. This is so beautiful. It's re- and the medicinal effect is the guilt free listening because it's set so it's like you don't feel all bad at the end of the show. Like, oh man, I didn't do anything. And so, you it's, know, it's frictionless. So the the minute you get the urge, you don't have to go to PayPal or Cash App. You just reach. You look at the app you're listening to. You hit boost. Is that simple? It's beautiful. That's amazing. Uh, Chad Farrow, thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three head loon, boosting the dip with what I got to give with thirty thousand. Harv Hat, a row of ducks, twenty-two thousand two hundred twenty-two. Sir Wags with fifteen thousand thirty-three. Um, we got uh, Debozak says thanks with fifteen thousand. Dave Ackerman, uh, Dave is always boosting us with eight zero zero eight. Value for value, and that was for episode 83, always with the boob. Uh, same for Big Glass, who says streaming sats, boosting the dip. Love that. Uh, the Striper boosts, row of sevens, uh, Timmy2383, thank you. Value for value, 5,000 from Sir Doug. Uh, and Smote Meal, 5,000, first boost. Uh, thanks, gentlemen. We appreciate that. Well, thank you very much. Uh, a couple more. We had uh, a couple more boosting the dips. Cape. And Nomad Joe, great episode. Lyceum says, I thought, uh, there's a whole bunch of emojis about tasty pizza party. Not as, oh, I thought, (laughs) I thought it was about a tasty pizza party and not a scary conspiracy. I think I read that comment before. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I read read comments too on the booth. I think I read it. Go ahead though. Uh, I thought it was about a tasty pizza party and not a scary conspiracy theory involved in information warfare. I would not visit the ping, the ping pong place. I ended up in Wikipedia thread about the owner's personal life and his connection indirectly with the left-leaning organization media matters for America ending on a light note, pineapple on pizza or not Liberty boost. That's a 1776. Um, yeah, well, and and it's directly connected to the Clintons, and it was easy to see how the how the conspiracy came to light, true or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clued says you're back. Been too long. Am I the first boost? Sixteen eleven sats to you now, but we appreciate it. Uh, let me see who else do we have here. Um, and we, it's, it, it's a lot of smaller boosts. Too many to mention. You know, we're down the thirty three satoshis, etc. Uh, oh, and Sir Dwayne Melanson also boosted us for 3,333. Got to mention him. Um, this is taken off, people. It's, it's really working. We highly appreciate what's going on with this. Keep that coming. 
keep our names up there in the right. That was news. Pod news reported on our on our massive boosts from. <laughs> Yes, it was so cool. No, that's trippy right there. Yeah, like, because I, I had to look. I was like, hold on. Yeah, man, that's Cause awesome. Because the reason why, I, and let's be clear, we have no affiliation with Fountain or anything like that. Our, you know, what we do is that, the reason why I use Fountain is because people actually create clips yep. from the show, which, if you have no other value, that's very valuable. And you know what? Sharing those clips and, I, I you know. Think, I think when you do, when yeah. you make a clip on Fountain, then you get Satoshis every single time someone uh, plays that clip or shares it. It's a That's re- very interesting. Ah, Oscar Mary, man. The guy's smart. They're doing some fun stuff over there. And, yeah. you know, and we can do leaderboards if we want to. I mean, we can do that on uh, mofax.com. This is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone had a really good idea with that value for value. <laughs> Buy that guy a drink. That guy's name again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody, for supporting MoFax with Adam Curry, episode number 84. This is uh, our executive and associate executive producers. You get that credit. Uh, it's always listed in the show notes. We appreciate it so much. We'll be thanking more producers who came in under $50 in our second uh, donation segment. Thank you again. It's uh, incredibly important. It's the only way we can continue to do this. Uh, and the more value you send, it's funny how it works. The more value you get back, it's it, it, don't see it as as returning something, seeing it as putting it in, paying it forward, and it works even better for you. I've been doing it for 15 years. Give it a shot. Uh, MoFax.com, MoFundMe.com. That's where you can support us. Thanks again. All right, so we talked about the domestic and the political implications of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, but this also has global implications as well. So, what I want to do now, this is just a, a report, I think, from CBS, if I want, to, I want to say. And this is the world reacts to the U.S. overturning Roe versus Wade. The court's ruling is reverberating far beyond the country's borders. CBS's Ian Lee is in our London bureau with the international reaction. Ian. Adriana, the court's ruling made the front pages despite the U.K.'s own current political turmoil, underscoring the significance of the decision. <laughs> When the Supreme Court struck down Roe versus Wade, the whole world was watching and reacted. In Paris, several dozen protesters took to the streets in solidarity. French President Emmanuel Macron tweeted, Abortion is a fundamental right for all women. It must be protected. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau also took to social media saying, The news coming out of the United States is horrific. No government, politician or man should tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson also condemned the decision. Clearly it has massive impact. Uh, on people's uh, thinking around the world. It's a very important decision. I've got to tell you, I think it's a big step backwards. The overturning of Roe comes as many countries have eased restrictions on abortions in recent years, including overwhelmingly Catholic Ireland, Mexico, and Colombia. But the Vatican praised yesterday's decision, saying, by choosing life, our responsibility for the future of humanity is at stake. According to the Center for Reproductive Rights, the United States now joins just two other countries who have restricted abortion in the 21st century. Compare that to roughly 50 countries over the past decades who've made getting an abortion easier for women. <laughs> All right, my, my first response. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, of course, I follow this because I read foreign uh, publications and I read some of them in their native language. 
and it was baffling. Now, already the European news media is so uh, so thin in their journalism that a lot of it is copy paste from the United States mm-hmm. uh, or from the you know CNN or whatever. It's just easy for you. It's easy because then you know, it's written six six to ten hours uh, before you wake up in Europe. You wake up in the morning, scan the stories, translate it to a different uh, uh, language, and you, you've got everything you need. So it's a very easy job in that regard. Um, What's hilarious about these protests is that every single one of those countries does have restrictions. Some of them, you know, six weeks, there's, there's more restrictions than you think in these European countries. So it was something completely different. Obviously, you heard uh, Catholic Ireland and, and above all, um, the Pope. The Pope made a big deal about this. Did, did Very you, surprising. If you can rewind it, I know you probably disposed of the no, clip. No, I still, but if I you still can, got it. If you can... What did the Pope actually say? I've listened to that thing like 10 times and I can't make any sense of it. The overturning of Roe comes as many countries have eased restrictions on abortions in recent years, including overwhelmingly Catholic Ireland, Mexico, and Colombia. But the Vatican praised yesterday's decision, saying, by choosing life, our responsibility for the future of humanity is at stake. According to the Center for Reproductive Rights, the United... Yeah, no, by choosing life... No, it it was complete doublespeak. And that's basically (laughs) what he said. He said, no, no, this uh, abortion is good. Right. I mean, but but, but he prefaced that statement with, you know, uh, like, they show support. Listen to that one more time. No, I know. It was, you, it was 1984 doublespeak, and, and, listen, and I t- you're so right. Let's listen again. ...in recent years, including overwhelmingly Catholic Ireland, Mexico, and Colombia. Right, it was before then. I'm sorry. I'll tell you, I think it's a big step backwards. No, no, you're, you're fine. It, it comes after that. Oh, really? Overturning yeah. of Ro- Ireland, Mexico, and Colombia. But the Vatican praised yesterday's decision, saying... Okay, so the Vatican praised yesterday's decision... By choosing uh-huh. life, our responsibility for the future of humanity is at stake. By choosing life, all... Saying, <laughs> by choosing life, our responsibility for the future of humanity is at stake. By choosing life, choosing all life responsibi- our, our responsibility... Wow. I can't. It, this sounds bad. I mean, just when you listen to it, they, they're saying by choosing life, our responsibility is at stake. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm surmising what they said, but how's that praise? It's it, that that one. That's very nuts. That one. Whoever so, wrote that was a wizard. I mean, oh like, yeah, no, it's, it's it, well, it's obviously a script. <laughs> Um, but I, but the way I understand, understood, but, and I, I have to go read it now verbatim, but I think the Pope was basically saying, you know, this is, this is good, but abortion is good. I mean, I don't know. It was very odd. You know, this is a very progressive Pope. Yeah. What is your, what is your take on what the, what the Pope, uh, Pope stance is? I think the way I interpreted it was the same way you did is that he couldn't, outright come out and support it and that's why i harped on the way that statement was released that they show praise is that like period and then he said what he said as far as like oh but i think it could be you know problematic 
you know, the, it, it's very crafty the way they, and, and I'm doing showing this to so this is how they slip stuff in your subconscious. And it's for a reason mm-hmm. <clears> to <throat> say America is the only second country and all these other countries. These re- let's be clear. These religious countries, we're making headway. So don't doom. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're on the right path. You know, this is a problem. But, you know, the same way with uh, Chris Hayes, he, he understood what was going to happen when RGB died. But they have to come out and say, oh, we can't let the 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 uh, followers or, you know, doom and gloom out we had to you know we had to shape it in a certain way you know there's um so interesting if if we're really getting to and i'm a firm believer that the 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 bank the financial community who really run the world that they're all in on uh, the great reset mm-hmm. um popes aren't supposed to resign even though we did see that in our lifetime so what mm-hmm. i'm hearing is that uh there's the new era they're getting everything set uh, the Queen of England, they're, they're trying to do everything they can to not have Charles become king. So whether she's actually dead or not, she might as well be. She's completely off the radar. And apparently that is supposed to stay that way until the Pope, this Pope, resigns. And I think he's going to complete his, his uh, changes to the Catholic Church, certainly... You know, what you see with what's what's happened with uh, these kind of like shadow cardinals that have been appointed in in China. I mean, this mm-hmm. I, if anything, I'd say all that reporting about Roe v. Wade was uh, purely to uh, affect uh, Christians. Of course, of, I mean, it, if, in, in, it's, in it's an undertone to that as well is the uh, unintelligent. It's the backwards if you notice the meme you didn't catch it so i'm gonna give it to you big step backwards he said it and then that was the title of the video for joy uh, no excuse me a giant step backwards yeah this is this is regression at its finest this is us going back to the stone ages of you know believing not believing in science Mm -hmm. this this proves to me that science is a religion oh totally totally we've talked about it a lot on this on the show but this kind of proves that science runs counter to religion. There is no uh, co-mingling of the two. Um, yeah, and, and it would be, I would say, it's, it's religion for the uh, atheists. Because, of course, science is not a religion, not an actual religion, but it's, it's used, and a human psyche appears to need something like that. Something you Where, can turn to when you, have, when you don't understand the world, and you can turn to God and have a chat with him, or you can put blind faith into science. Right. And and when we say science, we're not talking about the scientific method. No, which, just I mean, whatever that's scientists proving. say. No, whatever the scientists say, that's science. Correct. And it's kind of uh, synonymous in the way with how religion is being treated now from the post aspect. You have what's written, <laughs> yes. and then you have this is my interpretation of it, you know, kind of thing. Yep. So it's happening on both sides. So the, the elephant in the room is eugenics. We had to talk about it, and, and that's why I think the global is part of the build back better. It's part of the great reset. It's part of the you know agenda twenty one, agenda twenty twenty thirty. Yes. yes. And basically, it boils down to two sides I've always talked about. There's really only two sides of this. 
more people and less people. Yeah. Uh, that's really the two sides. And science has figured out with the, you know, uh, improvements of science and the developments and discoveries of what they make real science that we don't need people anymore. Oh, we don't need as many people anymore. So, Correct. And this is this was the main tenet of the Georgia Guidestones that got blown up recently. This has been the tenet of uh, Bill Gates with his vaccination strategy, whether he plans to kill people with them or not. The end result right. is we'll, we won't have a population explosion. Um, it is uh, what the uh, population bomb book was about in the 70s. Uh, many of the people still in the, the the population bomb group who thought we were going to just be the world will be overrun with you know useless uh, human eaters. Of course, that didn't mm-hmm. actually take place, and we've been able to kind of feed everybody more or less. If we didn't intervene, it might be might be more. Uh, and then finally, uh, now universally accepted and discussed, which is one of the most baffling things for me because for. 15 years I've mentioned throughout my podcast career that uh, Margaret Sanger was a member of the American Eugenist Society, I think that's what it was, mm-hmm. and Planned Parenthood, by her own messaging, was a eugenicist tool. And that is now even discussed openly as well. You know, of course, we, Planned Parenthood has a problematic history, but, but anyway. Uh, and it was specifically meant to stop black babies from being born. So, yeah. Yes. And not exclusively, though, it's the unfit. It's, you know, it's, it's, it, that's the real issue. So let's, don't take my word for it. Clarence Thomas even has some uh, belief in eugenics uh, or this, uh, not him himself, but belief in this whole um, group of creepy people by <laughs> yeah lizard people there you go yeah, yeah lizards yes All right, justice clarence thomas writing today that abortion is an act quote rife with the potential for eugenic manipulation let's bring in fox news Ooh. contributor richard fowler and the president of live action lila rose to discuss welcome to you both good to see you shannon Okay, so I want to read a little bit more of this back and forth from the footnotes between Justice Thomas and Justice Ginsburg. Justice Thomas saying this, given the potential for abortion to become a tool of eugenic manipulation, the court will soon need to confront the constitutionality of laws like Indiana's. Um, And, you know, Richard, I read this thing. He was on pages and pages on the history of eugenics and how birth control and abortion were aimed at eradicating people who were viewed as unfit or should have never been born. Oh, man. Before we get to the unfit part, let's just say with the black part. Because mm-hmm. um, I have an example which kind of plays into this. A guy named Daniel J. Lewis, who is a podcast consultant, but he's been around podcasting since the early days. And I've known, okay. and I've known him for a long time. Um, and uh, when we started podcasting 2.0, he jumped right in. I mean, this is a guy who... You know, he does numbers, he sells uh, stats to corporations. He's very, very deeply entrenched, knows how everything works. Great guy. Um, And a a guy you can argue with over, you know, should we use uh, JSON or RSS? You know, you can argue with him over stuff. I like him a lot. Uh, Christian, conservative Christian. And he, uh, by really... I think, in a way, a miracle. He he was voted in as a member of the Podcast Academy. 
Now, the Podcast Academy, I wouldn't want my corpse a member of the Podcast Academy because it is, it, you know. They, Note taken. Yeah, please. Adam's um, corpse cannot be. Go ahead. They started by, it started around the Podcast Awards, which was cute in the beginning, but it makes no sense, you know, with the, the diversity. And, you know, there's no industry. It's a decentralized thing. So it's, it was a little bit of a circle jerk. But it's okay. And then it, what it evolved into is an organization that, you know, people, of course, if you're a professional podcaster, you feel like you had to be a member and pay your member dues. And with that money, they create opportunities and uh, education for minorities in podcasting. You know, and, and so the board, uh, uh, Delray McKesson, I think, uh, he's, uh, is that him? He's like the board president. Was it Del Ray? D-Ray? D-Ray, D-Ray. Yes. Not Blue, Blue, Blue Vest guy? Yeah, I think so. Podcast Academy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd like this. Uh, let me just get you about Let me see who the governors are. Um, leadership. Oh, yeah. Leadership. It's got leaders. Put me on the board. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not D-Ray. No, I made a mistake. I was about to say. Just as good. Blue. Hold on. Donald Albright. Uh, Okay. Uh, do you know him? No, I don't. Oh, these these are these are mega wokes. Oh, here he is. Yeah, D. Ray McKesson. Uh, yeah, D. Ray McKesson. He's on. Let me give you. The- Does he have the blue vest on in yes, the picture? Yes, he has the blue vest on in the picture. <laughs> what? Tell me about the blue vest. That's that was his trademark. Remember when the Black Lives Matter first oh, came about? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the, he has the guy the, in the yeah. blue vest, the yeah. little skinny yeah. black guy yeah. in the blue. Yeah, that was. Yeah, D. Yeah. Ray's on there. Uh, uh, Christina Moore. From Don't Skip Media, uh, you know. Uh, so this is a complete uh, BLM, LGBTQQIAPK plus noodle boy organization, and, right. and their entire marketing, their drive. Well, let's see. It's, let's, this is important, actually. I don't mean to distract this too much, but no, 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 no. Let me it's give very you the, important. Let me give you the mission. The podcast oh, mission. Our mission is to support podcast makers and advance the cultural merit of the medium. Through programs including the Ambies, that's our award show, we celebrate, inspire, and connect creators from around the world while attracting new audiences to their work. And so what they do is they uh, promote BLM, LGBTQ type programming, which is fine. Uh, What's funny about it is there was just a big survey that came out about podcast Mm -hmm. creators, and it's wildly diverse. There's no need for the Podcast Academy to help any. It's wildly diverse. All kinds of religions, races, everything's out there in much more um, diverse proportions than, uh, than anyone expected. So anyway, so Daniel J becomes, he's voted in, and he's not even in a month. And Roe v. Wade is spiking up, and he posts a response to some someone on Twitter, which, of course, is all his mistake. Um, he posts, mm-hmm. this is about black babies being murdered. Dude, he got canceled so fast. <laughs> they tore him off the board. They wouldn't even discuss his... Uh, you know his statement because of course they forced him to resign ultimately they had a secret vote to kick him off so that we don't even know who voted for or against and he was deemed uh, a racist because he used the oh he said blacks not the blacks he said blacks remember we had a question about that a booster gram question and you said no that that's if you say the blacks yeah that 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 has a racial undertone but blacks you had no problem with he got torn apart and 
and completely mis- misinterpreted because I understood what, again, he should not have done that because you can't explain things to people, uh, to Twitter people. Um, what, he, what he meant was, hey, Planned Parenthood has literally killed, I wouldn't say murdered, but I would say killed mm-hmm. millions of black babies. That was his point. And even removed from all that without actually discussing what he said, completely ignoring that, they canceled his, uh, I mean, I, I was emailing with him just to see if he was okay. I mean, that can't because came full of the force. global message. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Anything, this, this is what I want to make this about. Love you, Daniel J. <laughs> this is about the two groups, more people or less people. You're and so right. When you, when you go against that more people, I mean, that less people group, they, this is this is a huge contingency of, of theirs that we have to a huge, and a huge component of their message that we have to have less people. Mm-hmm. Now the methods are different, but the goal is they're on board with this completely. And yeah. I have clips at the clips, and you brought up the population bomb. Yeah, and this was really not the first because we're gonna go way back pat before this, but. This was a one of the waves where people bought into the world is coming to an end, as we hear with climate change, mm-hmm. and people were scared into believing the population bomb. Overpopulation so long predicted has stolen upon us. It's getting worse week by week. In the 1960s, a new kind of fear began to spread across America. The U.S. could be busting out at the seams by the end of the century. If we do not, by humane means, limit our numbers, then numbers are going to be limited by more famines and shortages and consequent social conflicts. The idea that human population was outstripping the Earth's ability to support mankind was a powerful one. And it was one man, Stanford biologist Paul Ehrlich. Population growth will kill you stone cold dead. Who pushed the dramatic message home. If we continue to let population grow, and if we continue to exploit the underdeveloped countries, if we continue to pollute the seas uh, with a wide variety of compounds and so on, it's very difficult for me to picture things holding together for more than another decade or so. The basic point is so simple. We have a finite planet with finite resources and in such a system, you can't have infinite population growth. Yeah, well, which turned out to be completely untrue. Well, this is where religion plays a huge part in it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't speak much about my faith other than I am a man of faith. I make that very clear. But I don't like to speak about it too in depth because that's like a capture audience. If we're going to have a religious conversation, then frame it that way so people know what they're getting into it's kind of like those hey here's a sandwich to a homeless guy let me talk to you about the bible yeah. it's like that kind of like you know what i'm saying like that's, I, I, I don't yeah. i don't like that you know what I'm saying it's, i think religious conversations should be engaged in uh voluntarily your your, the, your approach to faith has worked much better than any other one on me no? <laughs> and and reason why i'm gonna say this where religion comes in at, and i appreciate thank you um is that God or the Bible the or God of the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. Yes. That's a huge message throughout the Bible. And to say the world is finite and it can't support that <laughs> so, is actually anti-Christ or anti-God yeah. messaging. If, no, I'm just saying not, no, not no, a religious. No, th- I, think, just, I think that you just put yeah. my my view into a my frame of mind into a whole different view. So 
with this in mind. Burn the churches in France. Um, Tucker Carlson, hated. Maybe he's not so hated for his views. Maybe he's hated more because he has five children, four or five children. Um, of course. I almost it, had to apologize for having four kids. I mean, like, when you say it, like, people are like, Ugh. Here's what's interesting. <laughs> Elon Musk, one of his main uncriticized, uncriticized uh, weirdness, I'll just call it weirdness, is his 10 children. You, you know why? Tell me. I'm going to give you a guess. Why, why do you think they're treated differently than, say, a Tucker Carlson's five kids, even though he has 10? Well, my view is he's on their team, but that, that's not probably not the answer you're thinking of. They're scientifically fit babies. Uh, well, I said this. I said, I said this the other day on the show. I said, I think he's cloning himself. Well, that's what actually having kids is. You know no, but I, but, but, but I understand what you're saying, like literally. Well, he, you know, two of the pregnancies, the triplets and the twins was IVF, which is how you get right. triplets and twins. But maybe it wasn't, oh, gee, we wanted a kid. We got three of them. No, it's like, damn, perfect. We got three of me. So here's the thing. We have to listen to the terms that are used. The group is called Planned Parenthood. Planned. They have no problem with two Ivy League people getting together and having a baby and having a quote unquote fit. No, that's a good plan. Baby. Yes. You mean uh, like an Ubermensch, like a blonde hair, blue eyes type thing. But, but it, it thought out. It was thoughtful. That was correct. That's what they want. It's not planning parenthood. It's planned. It was already planned. So that's how your interpretation right now, which I like right. for so sake of argument. So we condone that. <laughs> yeah, it's planned. What, what, we, what we eliminate is unplanned, unplanned parenthood. Because the likelihood of that being producing an unfit product or human resource, as you call them. Yeah. It's very high, and we have to eliminate, we have to make space for the planned babies. And that's why I think Elon Musk is not seen as, because I'm sure they say, oh, he's a very scientific person. Mm -hmm. He's taking every precaution, you know, like, you know, to make sure those children will be fit and value adding to the world. Because you made a term, he said, useless eaters. Mm -hmm. This is, this is, this is, that's, that's it in a ball of wax. (laughs) Is that, are you a drain on this? world yes. or are you a uh a positive a net to the positive world? a net positive yes yeah that that's that's where everything bought and that's why because that's why it's very religious and anti-religious just on the sole notion that if you believe and this like i said i don't want to like browbeat anybody into this but if you are a believer you believe multiplying is part of the plan yes <laughs> Yes. And to be counter to that makes you counter religion. So I just want to lay that out. So, well, this, um, is, this is a great perspective that there's no left or right. There's only more people or less people. That's, that's, great that's perspective. it. That's boiling it down. Yeah. That's, and, and notice gas. You want more people. You're selling cars. You want more people. You're selling physical products. You want more people. That's more customers. That's corporate growth. You want to print money the, and just send money from the government to people. You want less people. Well, that makes sense. I know, <laughs> yes, I know. Come, it does. It, that, it makes plenty of sense. The people are like, how do, how do they think they're just going to print? Yes, I will pay for one of you today instead of two or three of you n- next week. Yeah. You know, just like the yellow jackets. You know, what I'm saying the same thing. That's how they look at it. It's like 
You're inconvenienced in our environment. And this we is have where, to get rid of you. This is where AI comes into place, where I think we've maybe talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. The metaverse, you know, Facebook's meta. Uh, the idea is probably to get everybody in their virtual environment with, at home. We did no need to tell people that they're locked up at home. They'll do it gladly. WFH. It's, you know, the, the Dutch government just, just made working from home a human right in the Netherlands. So you can demand to work from home. Uh, and then basically you'll have your, your AI glove on or whatever, and you'll be controlling a robot in likely somewhere in Asia. And, uh, and you'll just be doing that movement with the arm and you'll be bolting the thing on until the machine can do it itself. Which, hold on, I am a proponent of work from home. And actually, I like that idea. So you, people think they got me all figured out. But the reason why I say that is one of the first things we talked about when we first started the show was I believe one parent should be in the household. Yes. So this opens that opportunity where that could be a reality. Now, the problem is having a job that uh, that is possible to do from home, which that yep. has some yep. intellectual and... Uh, yeah, which means it can only be the, the educated, uh, well-planned out people, human right. resources, <laughs> not not the uh, not the ones that uh, J Lock One Hundred was showing. The little toddler in diapers whacking the cops. Did you see that shit? I saw. I saw that. that but harsh. that's how strong. Po- um, that's no father in the home. That's what that is. I wouldn't even say that. I, that's I mean, we. That's that's obvious. But the other part about it is. That baby was two years old, maybe. Yeah, little maybe three. That's post. I mean, because that's the point that uh, Whitlock was making. That's that baby grew up indoctrinated in the George Floyd, Black yeah. Lives Matter yeah. kind of yeah. mentality. That's all he knows. Yeah, he doesn't know prior to that. So Shit. this is why I harp on propaganda and stuff because. Yeah. And this go just go back not to belabor the point, but that's why I think one parent should be in the household because that opens up the opportunity where a parent can educate their children and not send them to school to be indoctrinated. See this this thought process, the population bond, all that global warming all comes starts at K or pre K. Yes, the reason why I know this, my first year in kindergarten was the I think eighty six eighty five. Was the first year of Earth Day, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I remember the Sesame Street special. I mean, I'm just telling you how deep this thing goes. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. the planet's going to end, you know, they were indoctrinating us early, and that was that's you know, so 85, sad. 86. I remember from 1969 to 1970, so I was five years old. What is that? Second grade, maybe? No, mm-hmm. yeah, five um, years old. K, 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 still K. And I remember, yes, kindergarten. Um, uh, what was her name? I can't remember her name. My, I liked her a lot, uh, my kindergarten teacher. And, she, and I remember the coolest thing, and I was drawing a picture of it, what had just been released, and it was so exciting, was the 747 from Boeing. Mm-hmm. What a difference in, so what is that, uh, not even 10 years? No, no, uh, no, more than that, 15, 16 years to Earth Day, where, you know, the 747, no one was talking about it polluting the sky. It was like, holy crap, this is space age shit. Look how many people can fly in this thing. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, that that ramp up went pretty fast. And and just think about it now, because I heard I heard the talking points being regurgitated by my children when they were still in uh, school. Before you corrected them. Correct. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> you is had that to jump in. You ha- and this is why I said that work from home where that's an option. I think I think that's a smart thing to say that parents should have that right to stay at home because I think it makes for a better humanity later down the yes, line. But if work from home uh, means you're going to be wearing your virtual goggles and you're going to be doing that all day. I mean, I just, yes, I agree with you. I work from home. I've been mm. working from home for a long time. Uh, I enjoyed very much. I like being my own boss. I like being an entrepreneur, but clearly your working from home is different than the working from home they're talking about. Right. I mean, I, I work from home like that too. But the problem, I mean, not the problem, but the good part about it, I mean, kids are, all you got to do prevent and like set them up and make sure they don't burn the house down. Pretty much. I mean, you could pop in and out, but you're talking about sending out, sending kids to these schools? No. I mean, and this is nothing new just to get back on track with the show because this is where the kids were indoctrinated at on the population bomb. Yep. Ehrlich, who had previously focused his scientific research on butterflies, laid out his hypothesis in a slim volume called The Population Bomb. It was a call to action for many, including a student Ehrlich advised, Stuart Brand. There's too many people. Ah, there and we'd like to see people have fewer children and better ones. It's the whole idea that people make more people who make more people until there's too many people and by then it's too late. That's a very persuasive argument. Adrian Germain, a women's health advocate, found herself drawn to Ehrlich as well due to his support of birth control. The message was that we were already in a crisis and if we didn't have urgent and immediate action, the world would simply destroy itself. Look at what the year 2000 will be. Our cities are going to be choked with people. They're going to be choked with traffic. They're going to be choked with crime. They're going to be choked with pollution. And they will be impossible places in which to live. Paul's picture of doom and gloom looked real. Net world population is increasing by 23 people every 10 seconds. It's clear that world population growth remains completely out of control. Yeah, Brand was an important guy in this setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he but was. You heard his student. You heard, heard it right. It's a student. It's that's yes. how they get you. But, but you know what? You know what? What's important about Brand? He was the guy that that indoctrinated Silicon Valley from the from the get go. Uh, he was an MIT guy, and he, uh, I think, he created the the well, the whole Earth. Well, first the whole Earth catalog. Mm-hmm. Which was, uh, and it came out of Menlo Park, where all these these corporations are now, uh, and um, uh, you know Steve Jobs, all these people all grew up around the well, the whole electronic, uh, what was it called, uh, Earth Link? Hold on a second, it was called yeah, the whole Earth Electronic Link, and I was on it. Everybody in Silicon Valley in the early days was on the well, and a lot of that. What thinking, was it? Like, I mean, like, like you- <laughs> basically uh, a message board. Like, you get on there. I'm sorry, I should have explained. The well, well.com yeah, is insider. so obvious. Yeah, to me. Like, get, I'm, a, I'm a total douchebag inside. Here, the whole, yeah, no, here, the well, the whole earth, <laughs> like, thank you. The whole earth electronic link, normally shortened to the well, was launched in 1985. 
one of the oldest continuously operating virtual communities. By 1993, it had 7,000 members, a staff of 12, gross annual income of $2 million. A 1997 feature in Wired Magazine called Wired Magazine also came from the same group of people. Called it the world's most influential online community in 2012 when it was last publicly offered for sale. It had 2,693 members, uh, best known for its internet forums. Also, they had email and other things. Uh, but it was, re- and Craigslist came out of this, uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation. All of these people came from, were connected somehow to brand. It's really the true history of Silicon Valley has, really has never been. Dvorak could do it, but he's, so it's like, I don't, it's like I don't think he wants to. It's total lizard world. Complete, you, you, you could do a whole show just on uh, no because you had me worried you like the whale i thought like y'all all had hoods on like <laughs> you said like the brown like monk hoods around a whale like you know <laughs> the whale is gonna speak to us <laughs> that well virtually speaking i think that's what it was yes absolutely <laughs> very close to that no but and so all of the very very liberal here let me just give you some of the people who are, uh, some of the people involved uh cory doctorow i don't know if that means anything to you um I mean, it'll mean nothing. It, it won't mean anything. I mean, I'm I'm older. These and are I the people around. you don't supposed to know. That's the whole point. Is like to the average. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, cause like, I've never heard of it. I mean, like I said, it's, link, it's lizard LinkedIn. So I mean, like, you know, Steve you got to get an invite. Steve Jobs ended his very famous 2005 Stanford University commencement address by acknowledging both Stuart Brand and the Whole Earth Catalog, quoting from the latter issue's final, the latter's final issue, which I have a copy of. Stay hungry, mm-hmm. stay foolish. So those are, this this stay hungry, a, huh? Yeah, that's definitely lizard talk. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. So that's that's good to know. Well, speaking of uh, Silicon Valley, we got to talk about Bill Gates, and we got a couple of throwback clips because he in the first clip he's going to be asked a question that's kind of a um, valid question as far as if you're making for better people, want that increase the population so he's going to answer that question she's going to ask that question and then he's going to answer in the following two clips so let's get first get into 24 the population of africa is set to almost double by 2050 raising fears that progress in fighting poverty and disease will be reversed so what can be done to ensure that poverty doesn't increase and how can a disproportionately large youth population help drive progress with me to discuss all of this and more is bill gates Bill, are we at a turning point where regression is a real risk? Well, first, uh, the progress over the last several decades has been pretty amazing, both reducing childhood death, uh, getting kids in school, getting agricultural productivity up, and reducing extreme poverty. But it's really Africa that still has a doubling in population to 2050. Hold on, stop for a minute. I I, I hate to stop clips like this, but... You have to rewind a little bit and listen to the word he uses, effectivity. Yes, which doesn't mean it's saving anyone. It's just effective for whatever he wants it to do. No, 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 no. That's not how I interpret it. He's talking about the person's effectivity. Oh, oh, oh let me roll this so back. This is another. this is another way of saying fit or unfit oh, or fitness. Let me hear it again. Where regression is a real risk. Well, first, uh, the progress over the last several decades has been pretty amazing, both reducing childhood death, 
uh, getting kids in school, getting agricultural productivity up, and <laughs> reducing extreme poverty. But it's really Africa that still has a doubling in population to 2050 and probably uh, another doubling to 2100 where you really have to do a good job if you're trying to get these extreme poverty rates down. So if we don't do better in investing in human capital in Africa, yes, the uh, number of people in extreme poverty is actually going to go up. Should the solution or should more solutions be focused on slowing that growth? So, for example, increasing reproductive rights for women or spreading the access to contraceptives, because it seems that is it correct that no amount of investment can really keep pace with that population growth? Yeah, it's it's so interesting, Mo. Tina and I were just talking about this last night about Mm -hmm. Africa. And she said, why, 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 um, why has this been done in Africa? I said, well, think about it. Hello. If you're, well, I mean, because it goes back to true white supremacy, the Uh white supremacy of England, of France, of Germany, uh, of the United States, of course, and of China. Yes, Chinese can be white supremacists. Big time. And uh, the whole point is, uh, look, here's here's the resources. This is all the stuff we need. You know, we need to make iPhones. So we need cobalt. We need to need to get that cheaply. It's a dirty ass job. So we make sure we got uh, some child labor to do that. Uh, We can't, you know, the French, they, they actually control and print the money of four African nations still to this day. So it's Mm -hmm. total control. I mean, when you control the money like that. And uh, the last thing we want, since we control them for their resources, the last thing we want is if there's a whole bunch of them, because then, you know, there may be too many and we can't control them. So we got to keep them, keep the, the growth of that population in check. And this has been going on for maybe a hundred years. And you asked me a question earlier about the mentality about Malcolm X between the liberal and the, and the conservative. Mm-hmm. This is Bill Gates and he's a liberal, I, w- I would assume. Yeah. And he says, think about it. <laughs> Less black people is better, right? Right. <laughs> right. That's I mean, exactly they, what he's saying. He's saying that because I think, I don't know if he said it in the last clip cultural, or the one coming up. Cultural progress and product, pr- cultural productivity. productivity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I, I say effective, but productivity, excuse me. But what I'm saying is, I think he says in the next two clips, but I'm just going to go ahead and just I'm saying, alert you to what he's going to say so you can listen to, to, listen to it in a certain way. He's going to say from now to 2050, the population is going to double in Africa, right? And then from 2050 to 2100, 20, it's going to double again. So he's saying, yep. isn't one-fourth of black people better than all four-fourths? That's exactly what he's saying. <laughs> but that's, that's how they sell it to you. And, that, and like, what? Like, <laughs> hold on. H- how does this help me again? And then, then when you don't agree with them, then that other side comes out like, you're saying like right. so that's that that's that's the difference between the german nazi and the american nazi <laughs> right there is that hey this is it's gonna be good trust me just trust me <laughs> horrible so uh let's go ahead and get into him answering her question but this is a separate clip this is not in in that, in that um, same line of questioning and that's what is this is the answer to her question but from another set of clips 
In this year's annual letter, Melinda and I take the toughest questions we get asked and give our answers. One that's come up for a long time is, as we make the world healthier, is the population going to get so big that feeding everybody and maintaining the environment is going to be impossible? Here we can see a chart that looks at the total world population over the last several hundred years. And at first glance, this is a bit scary. We go from less than a billion in 1800, and then three, four, five, six, and 7.4 billion where we are today is happening even faster. So Melinda and I wondered whether providing new medicines and keeping children alive, would that create more of a population problem? So scary. <laughs> scary. Yeah, like you see that? Scary. See, more humans is scary. And then him and Melinda sitting around like, you know what? We you know this if, is scary. If we make them healthy. <laughs> so what are you saying? Like, did, did you have a like did you snowball the idea of making us unhealthy? You know, to get the numbers this is straight up lizard talk. Well, I mean the famous example, I don't know if you have it, but the famous example Bill Gates used is if we get vaccines to work well in Africa, we'll have less people. Yes. And, and, his, and, and of course, his explanation is, well, people won't have to have six or seven or eight children because they know a couple will die. But I find that a very sketchy, sketchy explanation what? of what he's up to. Since you're from the future, he goes into the exact same thing you laid out in 26. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Excuse me. Yeah, 26. Yeah. So Melinda and I wondered whether providing new medicines and keeping children alive, would that create more of a population problem? I mean, it's so, it's just the way he says that, and I'll restart it. <laughs> like, they, like they're sitting up there on their throne. So the queen and I, we were wondering, how can we help these poor serfs, these poor plebs? What can we do for the human resources who are just dying there in the dirt there, not productive, certainly not culturally productive? Melinda, what do you think? What a dick. <laughs> so Melinda and I wondered whether providing new medicines and keeping children alive, would that create more of a population problem? What we found out is that as health improves, Families choose to have less children. And this effect is very, very (laughs) dramatic. We find that in every country of the world, this is repeated. The population growth goes down as we improve health. So we've taken that chart that shows the global population growth, and we've actually extended it out all the way to 2100. And we can see that instead of continuing, it actually flattens out. Another way to see that is through this rate of population growth. And you can see that in the 60s, that reached a pretty high number, over 2% per year. And it's now come way, way down. Now, 11 billion people still a lot. But the good news is (laughs) that the faster we improve health, the faster family size goes down. And so we can feel great about saving those lives. It's unbelievable. So we're saving lives by not having these children born at all. That's what he's saying. Was that thing you say about jobs saved or created? Saved or created, exactly. It's a total saved or created. That's sick. 
But no, that's lizard logic. Yeah. Because that is fight or flight. And what is at the very center of the average woman that makes a decision with Roe versus Wade? Fear the future. Yeah. Am I going to be able to you know, saying provide? Am I going to be, is this about the right person? You know, all that fear. And all they're doing is he's transferring that fear on. You don't want to be part of that problem, do you? No, you know, there's still, bringing, a, still a billion people, but okay, we're working on it. Right. Crazy. And the thing, the other thing he said was, so if it making them healthier was bad for the environment and it, you didn't have the effect of having family get smaller by education, would you withhold aid? Right. Yeah. <sighs> you, you see what I'm saying? Like, if you could really help them, but it would affect your number the wrong way. No, would you? no, not if you're Bill Gates. Let him that, die. That's crazy. They sit around and play God like that. Mm-hmm. What if? Uh, and what if we did this, Melinda? Oh, that didn't work. Why don't we try this? Oh, the children of Melinda—they all die. Oh, I'm sorry. Near the Philippines, famous, still a lawsuit going on about all those children who were hurt from uh, Gates vaccines. Hmm. Yeah. But the, what even even more harmful, I think, than the vaccine is the education. Because why yeah. is it? When people get more educated, they want to have less children. Now, you brought up a good point that some people in some countries have children for the sake of, okay, I'm going to have six because I know three going to die of malaria. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, like you run the numbers up. But in the first world, it doesn't play out like that. Why is it? Is it, you know, that families get smaller with people that have the more, you know, have more. uh money and resources to take care of more children why why is that that's to me that's indoctrination of course it's something they're learning in schools <sighs> this i know <laughs> it's the, look look at what's coming out of them yes this they're learning something in school that's for sure Right. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into 27. Paul's picture of doom and gloom looked real. Net world population is increasing by 23 people every 10 seconds. It's clear that world population growth remains completely out of control. I bought it totally. Many of my friends bought it totally. I organized an event for 60 people to starve in public. Maybe anybody who's thinking of having a third child ought to go hungry a week. The mode became, don't have kids, there's enough of them in the world, and if your friends have kids, it's fine if they feel uncomfortable about that. We had formed an organization called Zero Population Growth, and then Johnny took me on The Tonight Show. Would you welcome Dr. Paul Ehrlich? You have to get the death rate and birth rate in balance, and there's only two ways to do it. One is to bring the birth rate down, the other is to push the death rate up. I did the show maybe 20 times and (laughs) went from six chapters and 600 members to 600 chapters and 60,000 members. We are starting in now. This is the first step. The Bagleys belong to a growing number of young marrieds who favor ZPG, zero population growth. Yeah, Paul Ehrlich. Didn't he, wasn't he one of the, of Obama's science advisors? I'm not sure. I thought he was. I could be wrong about that. I mean, I'm not sure his role was saying with Obama, but if you notice, he said two two rates, the birth rate and the death, death rate. rate. Yeah. Now, we're not going to talk about the death rate too much, but he said we got to get both those numbers. You're saying get the birth rate down and the, and the and death, death rate, rate up. up. 
Well, you know what the best way to do that is? Is make sure you inject some mRNA into babies of six months of age. Well, first of all, I mean, you, you jumped a step there. You had released something <laughs> from a Chinese lab oh, oh, first I'm sorry. I, that kills I off all the oldies yeah. and the fatties. Yeah. That's how you get death rate up. Now, yeah. on the other side, you might hit the death rate and the birth rate. And I know we're talking about this tongue in cheek, but this is how they discuss it. Like, uh, yeah, we got to release it. But you know what? 75 years, they had a good run. Or they're 500 pounds. They put it on themselves. You know, they're, 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 this is a real result of their own choosings. And this is how you get, you know, uh, uh, quote unquote, coof, Arona. Coof, Arona. We're fine. You know, yeah. we're healthy. We're alive. Uh, yeah, we're alive. We eat well. We eat good food. And we, you know, we, if we eat food, actual food. No, that's, yeah, that's the privilege in itself. But, as you heard that they they were all they were all in then the same way we have to look at it through this lens because we saw how the population bomb propaganda affected them and see now with climate change it's the same thing being repeated over again and this is why you have people going out in the streets and screaming and whatever else is because they actually believe the world is going to come to an end and on the other side you have believers uh, and whatever religion they believe thinks that our actions are going to bring the world to end the way the nation's being ran. So you have two sides that believe the same thing, but for different reasons. Completely. <laughs> and then, <it's> fucked. <laughs> and that's how savvy white supremacy is. And when I mean say white supremacy, I'm talking about the one world government, the globalization. Yeah. All this is about, glo- that's why you hear all the global leaders come out and condemn America like what are you doing well also we had this solved if you look at the G20 even the G7 a lot of the global leaders have no children oh yeah you can't eat now you got to talk it like you walk it I mean when you get to that level I mean and only in America you can you except except oh this is so interesting you know Queen Ursula Ursula von der Leyen she's the president of the European Union Commission I think she's the you know she's the one with the helmet hair and uh, you've seen her Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's German. This fits so into what you're saying. So she breaks the uh, Boris Johnson had, you know, but he has kids with all kinds of people. I don't know what's going on with Boris Johnson. He's out. So get Boris Johnson out. He's got kids. Uh, Macron, no kids. Merkel, no kids. Um, uh, Mark Rutte, Dutch prime minister, no kids. There's probably six or seven of them, these examples. The new queen of Europe, not really the queen, but she's the president of the European Union, totally from a political family. German background, eight kids, all beautiful, blonde hair, blue eyes. This is a huge thing in Germany. We know this because this is historical it's for them. Not what you talk about? I yes, mean- <laughs> yes. This is exactly what I'm saying. So, ten of those kids is great. Planned. She's the Muti. She's been a great mother. Every piece you read about her, she's so good with her kid. It's totally the von Trapp family. Man, like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, but that's so they're that, turning a corner, they're going away from okay, no kids now. These you want, you want this, these are the kids you want, they're perfect. It's always been like that. This has always been out facing propaganda. By the way, the, How von, we the, move? the von Trapps were not Nazis, the von Trapps were the ones hunted, but it was a perfect family, Austrian family, right? Uh, desire the desirable family, so. Let's get back against, once again, to the population bomb part, well, what, 28. Ehrlich's views on how to bring that birth rate down were concrete. 
compulsion if voluntary methods fail, creating a blacklist of people, companies, and organizations impeding population control in the United States, responsibility prizes for wow. childless marriages, a tax on children, and a luxury tax on diapers and cribs. The concerns about population became misanthropic, and it was taken with so much seriousness that Paul Ehrlich could recommend things like putting stuff in public water that would make people not as fertile. Panic is not too strong a word to use for some of the advocates that I referred to as true believers. It appears that large families are on the way out, and ZPG may be possible. The idea also took hold in the developing world, where governments like India's had already begun to embrace population control. The core message of the book, population growth outstripping food supply, resonated quite a bit with India's elites, with the middle classes. They much preferred to believe that the poor were poor because of too many children, rather than being poor because of an unfair and unequal economic system. I'm sorry to, to harp on this, but it was John Holdren who was in the mm-hmm. Obama administration as science as the science advisor, and he had written the book with Ehrlich, Population and Panaceas, A Technological Perspective, and that was written in 1969. So these people were in, with, in the White House up until Trump. Oh, yeah, they're, they're all in. They're all in with their religion. And you heard her say true believers. Yeah. <laughs> true true, true yeah. believers. Oh, dude. I thought science changes. I mean, like, that, but that's no, what, what no, we're no, about. no, no, science. no. Only when the scientists say the science has changed does the science change. It's very different. right. That's what makes it anti science. Yes. Because no kidding. If, if new data comes, then your, you know, your uh, perspective is supposed to change according to the new data. But this is a belief that's so. Um, ingrained in like to their worldview is 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 bananas. Insane. But you heard them put stuff in the water. Yeah. Um. Uh, lithium. Alex Jones was looking at you. Gay frogs. I mean. Yeah. Lithium. Uh. uh fluoride. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, because uh, we had the doctor saying that for uh, Berkeley, they got blackballed. Yeah. For talking about the stuff that they were putting in. At- atrazine, I think it was called. Atrazine. Yeah, atrazine. Yeah. Well, atrazine is also in fertilizers and I think weed killers and it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at- you get that in the water. Yeah, it turns the frogs gay. <laughs> right. And it, and it, it, it shortens boys' uh, taints. I discussed it with Joe Rogan. Um, and in general, fertility rates amongst men in the United States have dropped significantly. It's, it's a disaster. Which, sperm is, count is, which dropping. is exactly what you get with Elon Musk. And golly, Mo, I think you're right. It's not that, it's not that Elon, uh, is, he's, on, he's with the depopulation guys. I'm telling you, this of guy's course. evil. So he's, he's on the side of, oh, yeah, we, we need more children, but it has to be the right kind of children. That's what he left out of his statement. Yeah, and for the people who are not, then I'll say you need my chip. That way you can have artificial intelligence that bumps yours up to the fit and plan children. Yeah, you get the implant. Again, an Elon Musk uh, company. Neuralink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, they, I think people misunderstand who Elon Musk really is and what what he's all about uh, because uh, yeah. he knows how to t- how to tickle your ears with certain things. But 
He's, uh, he's an okay. agent of change. He's not a good guy. I, I will remain saying that until proven otherwise. He's not a good guy. I'm on board with you, okay. especially what he does to those poor monkeys. Uh, but let's go ahead and get uh, <laughs> number 29. If you start with that problem definition, then it's almost inevitable that there will be circumstances where governments and other actors will act in, in, in a way that is coercive. In the mid-1970s, the Indian government began a controversial program to encourage mass sterilization. We do want to create an atmosphere in which people realize the importance of this program. It led to abuses. Access to food aid and housing were sometimes used as coercion. Others weren't even given a choice. More than 8 million sterilizations were performed, many forcibly. The people, in the words of one family planning expert, were treated like cattle. The Green Revolution's farming technology helped lessen rates of hunger in the developing world over the decades, even as the world's population skyrocketed. There's a tendency to apply to human beings the same sort of models that may apply for the insect world. The difference, of course, is that human beings are conscious beings, and we do all kinds of things to change our destiny. That story is playing out today in parts of India. In growing cities like Chennai in the south, large families once needed for farming are no longer always seen as the key to success. Previously, my father used to have four children, and my grandfather used to have seven children. But the things have changed. Even myself, I have only two children. Even my sister is having only one kid because now education becomes the first priority here. <sighs> wow. This is good. I mean, it's that's not the, good. That's but... the trifecta right there, the education. That's the part nobody ever talks about and, and how it affects people's perspective on uh, reproduction. And even the people that will be born uh, the control mechanisms being put in place right now over our food supply is of enormous consequence. Uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of contact with Texas Slim. He's, uh, he, mm. he's little, uh, my age, a little bit younger. He's trying to educate people about the importance of animal protein. He's in Texas, so of course, focus on beef. And what is happening with a very small amount of food processors who are basically... They're taking the soil and the animal out of your diet. You, and the feed that they give to cows and animals, they're going to give to you. So they're going to bypass. They're cutting out, cutting yes, out. yes, yes, yes. They're cutting. grain. Yes. Well, and, the, and this came up because there was a bird seed uh, package that someone's packaging that someone sent a, a picture of to me. And it was, you know, you know, farmed for the future. It's mealworms, mealworms for, for birds, bird seed. And mm-hmm. all these, you know, genetically selected for number highest quality mealworms. And then in not small letters, it says, not yet approved for human consumption. And so basically, they will keep us functional enough <laughs> to live on minimum protein, which will be measured. Your, your Apple Watch will feed back your levels. And, um, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be bugs, it'll be soy, and it'll, it'll have great texture and taste. Because that's what they're doing. They're focusing on texture and taste. And as long as you get that right, people will eat it, certainly Americans. And, and, and so they're going to control everything through your food supply, through your money. 
Your housing. Yeah, your car. The cars are going to be a service. You're not going to own a car in the next five years. Your kids, Mo, I don't know if they'll own a car. To be honest with you, the only reason my daughter took interest in driving is because we moved away from an Uber, Uber, yeah, heavy area. Right. Before then, it was just all hop in the back of an Uber and go to the mall or go to the movies or whatever else. Uber's going away too. Uber's going away. All these uh, non-profitable companies, the so-called unicorns, uh, the cheap money ride is over. You know that that's just over. So you'll see it. Uh, anything that is not made, Twitter is in same jeopardy. It's Netflix, Spotify, all these companies that have never turned a profit except maybe one year or one quarter with some uh, you know, some bookkeeping accounting tricks that <laughs> make it look better. It's over. The, the convenience world is going to go away. You'll see. What? Well, and with Uber, the only role Uber had was, and this is a good. Uh, metaphor was to get the human out of the car. Get the right? car, yeah, the, well, disassociate the ownership, I think. Get people no, stop no. thinking about it. Well, you had to get rid of cabbies. So what they did was they used Uber and Uber drivers to get rid of cabbies, and then they'll just remove the driver from the Uber car now. That's the, only, that's, the, that's, the, that's the only way they will uh, make that service profitable. And, that's, and, and there it is. Humans and are the we biggest had to expense. Do it. Yep. Yep, the same with to. fast food. Hey, you're yep. asking for fifteen dollars an hour. We had to go get this burger flipping machine, or with pizzas <laughs> or whatever else. And like, yep. you see the little pizza like uh, uh, RDD2. You know, what I'm saying uh, rolling down the street with pizzas in them yep. in neighborhoods. Like, oh, just swipe yep. the card and grab a pizza out of it. So none of this ends well, by the way. <laughs> well, it, well, it does. We're not doom and gloom, <laughs> no, but doesn't. on the other no, side it of it, <laughs> the pizzas rolling down the street. Look, technology, all it all has bugs. It all falls apart. Uh, we're seeing that every left and right now. Things are starting to fall apart. It's, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm very negative on what they're doing here. I don't think it's a oh, good no, strategy. Oh, no, I am too. But what I'm saying is we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater on. So to speak. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if there is a baby anymore, but let's, uh, let's go ahead and thank some more people. I like brand new money. I just, I don't want any money around me is not, I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand, than an old 20. Now that's kind of dumb, isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like hundred dollar bills? Oh yeah. I like oh. new money too. Oh, most beautiful thing on earth is a hundred dollar bill. I hadn't seen a woman as good looking as a hundred dollar bill. There's something about a hundred dollar bill that excites you. <laughs> Well, there's something about all kinds of new money that comes in that excites everybody. We love it when we can, can continue doing what we do, thanks to your generous support um, of MoFax with Adam Curry. We have a couple more producers to thank who came in under $50, so under the level of, uh, of a title. But we thank them uh, all the same, of course. And we have Suzanne Goddard uh, with $33. Such a great show, Mo. Thank you very much. Christopher DeBiasi. $30, Bobby Flush with 25 Alex G, value for value to 22.22. Thank you. Uncredible Trucker comes in with $20. Uh, just know I'm a clueless white guy and my wife is ADOS. But she loves me even though I'm clueless. <laughs> I've learned a lot from you and now I'm not as clueless. Thank you for helping me better understand my wife. That's more value than I can give back so far. Dude, just hearing that, 
is value to us. Love that. Understanding a wife? Yeah. Hey, I'm looking and, for my of both any, out here. Of so. any color. Of any <laughs> so, color wife. So understand my wife. <laughs> uh, Jill Woods, $20. Thanks, Jill. Matthew Gill with 20 Great podcast. Thank you, Matthew Weaver with 20 Ryan Ebison listening to a High Value Target episode. Always love info, but this one really opened my eyes to the behavioral science behind everything we see. Thank you. Indeed. Uh, Jennifer Cato, $20. Thank you. Uh, No notes. Beatrice V, thank you. Uh, Mark J. Asher, $12.18. I'm so disappointed in Ben Kingsley, a.k.a. Gandhi. What did Kingsley do? Oh, that was talking about uh, him him being racist. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember. Yes. Goodness. Uh, We have $10 from the following people. Dwayne Spellman Jr., Melissa Reeve, Andrew Butterfield, Aaron Sneed, David Jones, Jake DeLille, SV, Jeremy Cavanaugh, Walter Foss, Terrace Lynch, Robert Recchia, Vanessa Steinbach, Derek, by the way, who says, the last episode episode blew my mind. Thanks for everything. Indigo P, $10. Cuz, cuz. Uh, Johnny Hipwell, keep up the great work. Uh, Johnny from Canada. And we have occult fans, Sir Nathan Lee, Adam and Mo. Thank you both. Your work is supportive of the greater good. For shogis. Uh, Phoebe, being Adam's dog's name, named after Kudro, goes into a really strange rabbit hole. Uh, see a cult fan blog at a cult fan WordPress if you want to have your noodle baked. You'll find it in the July post. Could I get a woosah, please? Much love and thanks from Sir Nathan Lee. Well, of course, Sir Nathan Lee would be happy to give you a little bit of woosah. 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 555 from Vincent Farrell. Keep it up. We will. Eric Runkle with $5. Hey, Moe and Adam. Sorry I couldn't give for the past couple of months, but Joe jacked up the gas price. Couldn't get any overtime at work, so I had to mooch. Thankfully, now OT is available again. I can pitch in. Thanks for being awesome. Eric, thank you. That by itself is shows the incredible value you assign to the show, and we love it. Yarborough, $5. Terry the Human, subscription Keller, four eleven. He always does it manually. And E&E, $2. And that is it for our producers. We thank each and every one of them. Please support the work. Go to mofax.com. Go directly to the donation page, mofundme.com, and uh, hand back some value. I know you got it out of this episode. All right, so now we got to look at, <clears throat> we talked about a lot about like about intellect and how that's a contributing factor or a guideline for fitness. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, fitness is just meant fit to reproduce. Uh, and I like to give people an example of, they see it right in front of their face. Every time you've seen one of the most popular movies, uh, probably in America, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm, ah. Remember that movie when he was like this arbitrary line of IQ and it was basically your mama should have care about your education, boy. You know what I'm saying? Like she had to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there a Mr. Gump around? That kind of thing. Uh, but that basically decided the path of his life and to say, are you mentally fit or not? And right. that's just a great example of how it used to be to if you were considered feeble minded sterilization or I mean all those are realities um, but intellect has a lot to do with it uh, with fitness so have you ever heard of William Shockley before um, name sounds for is this actually sounds co- like someone that Alex Jones might have had on no he was the no. co uh, creator I think of the resistor 
No, doesn't doesn't ring a bell. It, it rings a bell somewhere, but well, I'm not sure. He might have been at the well. Who knows? But um, let's see, because he was like he's out out in like in the tech world. But in 1974, he came out with this new theory of his speaking on what's called dysgenics and that's what we opened up the show iso with oh He's gonna, oh <laughs> here we go okay <laughs> dysgenics yeah. yes dysgenics yeah i know we had it a long way home but yeah, we, we, I got we, we're getting there so this is basically he goes into like basically the criteria of fitness or his idea of it but before he does that the host of the show gives this great monologue which i think shows like the value in our show so I would like to play that first, and then we, um, we could talk about it, and then we get into the actual clips. Back in the 70s, a man named Dr. William Shockley, a noted scientist, embarked upon the mission of proving to the world that black people are genetically inferior, without, oh, yeah. I might add, the benefit of any formal background in genetics. He became front-page news and won headlines with his controversial views. On campus after campus unrest followed his every visit. My position then and now is that if a supremacist cannot be rationally debated, perhaps he has a point. After the debate, you're now going to see Dr. Shockley went back into oblivion. I don't claim that the 1973 interview did it alone, but I am of the opinion that it helped. I'm Tony Brown. In a moment, racial superiority with Dr. William Shockley. I know who Shockley is now. Okay. He's one of the um one of the OG guys of the transistor that you're right, that kicked off Silicon Valley. He had a design. I think this is the guy people said he might have gotten from the aliens. It was some weird story about that. Tall whites? <laughs> ah, man, he's and you're right. He's totally in Silicon Valley around the same time as uh uh, as as Brandt and the and the well and all that, yeah. And this guy was a total eugenicist, if I recall. It's funny because I didn't know that connection about the aliens, and that's why I brought up the tall whites because the Aryans believe in like another. I mean, some of them believe in like another race of being, almost super superhuman. Mm-hmm. That's where the superiority thing comes from. Now, they, so I, I think it, I think it was. Uh, maybe Dvorak. I'll have to ask him about this. I think it was that after uh, Area Fifty One, you know, the crash of the, the right. so-called alien spacecraft. Not long after that, he came out with the Shockley Semiconductor. Makes sense. I mean, I, I'm I'm a, I'm in a I'm a big. Just as a quick aside on aliens, I don't think aliens are for different planets. I think they're from different dimensions and kind of like dimension jumpers, uh, and. Yeah, so that's 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 not too far fetched for me to believe that they bring information here uh, that can be used in quote unquote technology. Yeah, because there's a lot there's yeah. a lot that went on after the uh, uh, the Roswell thing. Yeah, this guy needs some more study. Okay, well you've got here you've got a study on him, so let's open the books, Teach. All right, thirty two. Now let's find out what the controversy is about, Doctor Shockley. Please give us the benefit, basically, of what your theory is. My uh, principal point, uh, Mr. Brown, is uh, not so much a theory of black-white differences, but is summed up in one word, which is the theme of my appearance on your program and my efforts, and the word is dysgenics. And dysgenics means effectively downbreeding. 
retrogressive evolution. And I fear that this is worst for the black community, and I particularly welcome an opportunity to appear on Black Journal just for these reasons. And let me say also that when I first met Dr. Welsing, it was not black students who were disrupting, but white students. And Dr. Welsing made a very sincere and I thought extremely effective effort a well-planned effort. It was not effective with these white students at Staten Island Community College, so I would have a chance to speak. In fact, I think they prevented her from saying what she wanted to say when she was trying to uh, gain me a platform. Hmm. Okay. So, basically, his idea is one uh, with dysgenics. And he's saying that black people participate in dysgenics at a higher rate than any other people. And that's basically the breeding of unfit and going backwards. You're saying uh, devolving. Mentally, physically, or both? Fit, fit mentally. Okay, because physically, there was a whole different path because we needed great athletes. So, you know, clearly, clearly we, we did something different right. there. He, he even makes that case. And this is where... I, my my saying when my feathers was ruffled about Rogan's comments, it wasn't about him using the N word. It's buying into the science that blacks come from monkeys or subhuman. That's a very scientific take. Because I mean, if people want to get into uh, Galton and Darwin, you know, what I'm saying like they believe that, you know, that in white superior, supremacy. Like when when you hear that word, you hear about like when people say white supremacy, they think about a guy in Kentucky on the back of a pickup truck yeah, with no, a no, you Confederate gotta, flag. You got to think kings and queens in the 16th, 17th century. Well, even like I said, doctors in the you know saying in the 30s, 40s, and yeah. 20s. You know yeah. that you know what, you know Elites. breeding breeding of the unfit breeding of the fit. Excuse me, not the unfit. And it's very cold. It's a cold. It's a it's actually a cold calculated science behind it you know of you know phenotypes and you know all these bloodlines keeping bloodlines pure there's all kinds of versions of this that's true and the problem with it is you can't separate nature from nurture you see what i'm saying because Mm -hmm. if you grow if you're born as a baby like i said it was like a computer if you buy a computer and then you take one and you get all the antivirus on it and you're safe with where you, you're saying what you download and you buy only legit software and that kind of thing. And but you take a same as that computer and then you go on like all the shady websites and clicking links and downloading all kind of corrupt files and everything else. How do you separate the nature from the nurture? And you can't from human to human. That's, so, a, that's a good comparison. I like that. It's a good analogy. Right. So what, what is it? Is it, is the computer faulty from the beginning? And that's what white supremacists believe that, you know, this computer is just has lower specs. You know, it's not going to be, you know, saying it's not in comparison to this other computer over here. Or is it interesting that the guy who literally developed the transistor effect would would view human human existence and human species with very much the same way. Right. And same thing with Bill Gates. See, it's 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 something there with. When they get to a certain level of enlightenment, you know, it's, oh, we can look at people uh, the same way we do. I think when the other clip, uh, the other guy from the population bomb, he studied uh, butterflies. Were they monarch butterflies? We don't know, but he studied <laughs> butterflies. Probably. And they say, and try to uh, translate that to humans. 
And I don't think you can do that. The only way you can do that with, with twins, but that's another story for another day, uh, because you had to have identical genetics to say, you know, uh, if this is the same case, because in science, you can only have one variable. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So you can't compare one human to another human because there's too many variables. Sure. But let's go ahead and let him get further into his uh, theory. Dr. Shaka, you are accused of having a theory uh, that is uh, a racist, a white racist theory. How do you respond to that? Well, I respond to that by saying that I've considered whether or not I am a racist. Racist is an epithet that used to damage my self-esteem, but it doesn't anymore. I feel it's untrue. If you look in the dictionary as to what racist means, it means uh, emotional feelings, irrational feelings associated with fear and hate. If I really had those, I don't think I would be here this evening. I feel that uh, what I'm engaged in is a demand for diagnosis, and I'd like to say some more about this chart, which we'll come to probably later, which shows the disproportionate rates of reproduction for the least effective elements of the black community. I'd like to say more about that than we should in just this brief introduction. But uh, I think there is another word that better describes what I'm involved in, and that word is raceology, which means a scientific analysis of racial differences. And I uh, basically, I have a faith that reason is a good thing, and I feel, uh, as you do about the First Amendment, but maybe with a slightly different emphasis. I think the really important thing about the First Amendment is it is a way of guaranteeing a high likelihood the truth will emerge as a result of conflict, conflicting ideas being expressed. And I have a thesis and a basic belief the truth is a good thing and will be a benefit to man. Okay. He has my attention. Yeah, so you're hearing a stone cold lie. His thought is based in, he believes, science. logic. Sci- science. science. And he opens up and I got to be very careful how I say this because I don't want to lend any credence to the idea that one group is genetically superior to another group. Uh, now, do we have our traits that we know we're better at than some people? I mean, look at, was it the Kenyan running team? I mean, they make the <laughs> obvious that it's something that Kenyan water would that you can't run, outrun them in long distance. What is that? I mean, but in other things that they say intelligence because the way intelligence is measured is the flaw, right? It's kind of like with the COVID test. It's like it's the it's the testing mechanism that's the flaw. That's the flaw, yes, of course. You know, this is so. But beside all that, mm-hmm. um, the whole idea of saying, well, even if it was true, oh, well, this brain, the black brain, just doesn't have the capacity to. Uh, uh, to develop uh, the intelligence of the white brain, even mm-hmm. if that were true, who who made you God to go and say, "Well, we shouldn't have any of these people"? That's the sick thing, right? But he's more into he believes there's a component, and he's going to get to a chart okay. eventually. All right, he believes there are a component of black people that have you know. Uh, are capable of thinking and, you know what I'm saying, processing at a high level. Yeah. His issue is that the wrong people, too many of the wrong people are having babies and too many of the right people <laughs> are not having babies. That's, which, Margaret that's, Sang- that's Margaret Sanger's line right there. <laughs> well, let's, let's just, I mean, this is what we do. Can you get the door for a second? Oh, yeah. Because uh, this is going to get heavy. Okay, we're all alone now. Now we got to go back to the Kevin Samuels episode. And we talked about the black women with PhDs deferring 
uh, birthing and child mm-hmm. rearing and that kind of thing in lieu of having a career, I mean, for, to have a career. Correct. So, see what I'm saying? So, those women are not having children or having children at a high rate, while people that may not be, quote unquote, you know what I'm saying, what they consider fit are having a bunch of babies. And that's his logic, but I'm 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 open to the conversation not about having too many cuz that's not my conversation. My conversation is is it deliberate that the ideal people are not having enough kids? Mm. And is that a planned attack? <laughs> well, it certainly seems now that we're behind closed doors, it certainly seems that the entire policy of of the government is to uh, pay the so-called unfit uh, birthers to have more because there's there's just there's child support there's all kinds of things that just get poured onto you but i think that yeah. probably is a direct beeline to planned parenthood right well they create the conditions of over sexualizing <sighs> yeah that that is a key component of it and the byproduct of that, you know what I'm saying, uh, programming and mind control mm-hmm. is unwanted births. Now, they think they have it covered with Planned Parenthood. It's like, oh, we can basically mind control them. And if they make a mistake, then we got to clean it up for them. Now, the problem is the ones that won't go along with having, you know what I'm saying, uh, their, you know, the, the procedure. It's no longer effective, I think, is, 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 or it's not as effective as they'd like it to be, perhaps. Right. So that's that's why they fight in two for nail, you know what I'm saying, to make it available at every option. Uh-huh. And and at any interval of time. So I guess we can open the door back yeah, up okay. now. But... Hi hi everybody. It's okay. We're fine. Just a quick little uh, yeah. back and forth. So there I mean there is he brings up some interesting conversation points. Like I said, I leave no credence to his idea of supremacy in any way. But it does raise the question now in modern day times because we got to look at Clarence Thomas and uh, Katanji Brown Jackson. Mm. They have white mates. Yes. Is there a brain? Is there a black brain drain going on in our race? Well, either they won't have children or they have biracial children outside of, with people outside the race. You know, that's a real conversation that needs mm-hmm. to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it's a it's a um, purposeful, but when you isolate somebody at an Ivy League school, I mean, it's only mathematically makes sense that they get with somebody of their of another race, you know, just by by chance. Um, uh, one of our friends, the liberal school teacher, the liberal high mm-hmm. school teacher, who I I really do like her. Uh, I really like her because she's so open. She's she's she sticks to her views and stuff, but she also is a little tired of some things. But she's very open to discussing things. And um, she said something what I thought was pretty profound uh, as we were talking about um, you know race and just we 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 tackle and we talk about Roe v. Wade. We talk about all the all the big topics. And uh, she mm-hmm. said, you know, my uh, my grandfather also used to say something that I agree with. She says. Uh, the concept that America is a great melting pot, she says, that's really not true. That's not really who we are. We're a soup. 
were a soup and you got your celery over here and your carrots over there and you got some beef over here and you got some pe- whatever it is mm-hmm. and and that really and that doesn't mean that you can't uh have interracial uh marriages and children but that is kind of where we're at in general I mean if you look at the pure numbers and it's really beautiful that way you know, and there's something right. there's something about it's like it's like I know if if I ever see you face to face, first mm-hmm. of all I'll be like I knew it I knew you I knew you'd look <laughs> like Denzel I knew it so that would be the first and 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 then it'd be like you know do you have a different culture as an American and I'd be super I can't wait to have food with you and your family and I'd love to have you over to mine you know that's and, the beauty of it and that's the point of diversity compared to multicultural yes 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 see, they want what they want to do is take the soup put it in a blender yeah and make it this, <laughs> put it on high and make it make it the brown goo that's thin with no with no dis, no dis, uh no lumps distinguishing no lumps. factors between any of the ingredients They're correct it's like is that beef is that potato yeah, and like i no. said Mush. If you choose to be, you're saying if you choose, you choose, you love who you love. I've always made that clear. But as Joe Biden has pointed out on several occasions that we covered it in a previous show, you know, maybe we need to look at commercials and, and propaganda this, you know, push yeah. uh, an agenda for uh, interracial relationships. You're seeing it, too, obviously. Right. And and I've seen it way off because my, my wife would eye roll every time you were saying we would see it on television. I would point it out. Wait a minute. So you, a matter of record. So you see a commercial because every other commercial is either only black people or there's five black and brown people. I mean, it, it's it's completely out of whack with with the actual distribution. And so what I find interesting is that Adam and Tina sit at home and roll our eyes and and Mo and Mrs. Fax sit at home and roll our eyes. No, actually, my wife rolls my eyes at me for pointing out the fact of what I'm seeing. Yeah. Let me clarify on that because she knows I'm going to, I got these fillers. She's like, oh, here he goes again. But she gets, got to the point of, especially mattress commercials. You know what I'm saying? It was like, can I not see two black people laying in a bed testing the mattress out? I mean, like, it, it, that was the most stark one. It was like, no, but that's the that's, conditioning of indoctrination. And which, like I said, it, it's, it's more of a global thing than, you know, an you know, like individual it is, thing. It's a global thing. It's done through uh, the financial markets. It's ESG, environmental social governance. These companies have to show their social uh, side. And so they're just doing what they're told to do. Otherwise, they're uninvestable. Stock price goes down, et cetera, et cetera. And let me be clear before we get, I think start at four. I think we're going into five, but let me make something clear. The issue I have with it is if it's a great thing, then you don't need to play on people's insecurities. You know, they play a lot on people's insecurities right. to sell them whatever agenda they're trying to sell them. And that's why that's why I don't appreciate. Uh, <laughs> we do not appreciate them. We just don't. I, think- I don't appreciate it <laughs> at all. But uh, I think we started four or five. Um, let me double check real quick. Uh, I think we have four here. Yeah, number 34. Okay. Here we go. But now let me say this chart that I held up a moment ago is very important in respect to this question of why I think uh, there may be what proves a basic difference, but I'm going to say that if there were not a basic difference, 
and uh, intellectual capacity in the past, there probably will be a basic difference between black and white intellectual capacity in the future simply because of the reproduction patterns. And these are Census Bureau data, and this is the most threatening aspect. And what it indicates is that for the black women of the lowest intellectual social class, um, which are rural farm women, generally the education is least, the average number of children is 5.4. For women with um, <clears throat> college degrees, it's 1.9. And um, so this is definitely unfavorable. It is, it is reproducing far more at the bottom end and not enough to keep even at the top end. For whites, uh, let me just finish this. For whites, the numbers are also in this direction, but nowhere nearly as uh, as severe. Oh, okay. Well, gosh, golly, thanks, man. At least we know whites can fall into that same dumb trap as well. Right. Wow. That's what I'm saying. It's not exclusive. No. No, they'll kill but, anybody. <laughs> right. We don't it's just human kill weeds. black. Yeah, we need to kill whoever's dumb, whoever we think is dumb. And, and I had a epiphany out here saying like while I'm working in the yard and we have flowers that we planted purposefully and then we have weeds that blow into the flower garden Mm -hmm. unwanted Mm -hmm. and it's like who gives me the right that weed flowers just like my flowers some of them are very pretty by the way is that if you give them time and you know it's and and the struggle is real because it's like I didn't plant that and it grew on its own you see what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's it's but we have to take a look at ourselves and say the the audacity but following the same analogy Mm -hmm. some weeds strangle the other plants and that's the lizard logic right there exactly we don't have time to figure out (laughs) if it's going to strangle my plant right children it's not what i planted it's not planned i don't know the the uh the genealogy of this plant of this seed get so it has it. to go get rid of it exactly that's exactly what's going on and they, they use, won't and say they use the same atrazine on the plants they use on people <laughs> right but you know what those seeds have been genetically engineered oh yeah to survive the atrazine mm-hmm. you know it's 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 been designed that way the same way they won't let their children have an ipad no, that's <laughs> well their known. children well watch known. mainstream media mm-hmm. because they know it's like this is poisonous you know so we're gonna make sure we we can avoid it or we can mitigate the effects of it it's 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 very it's very deep what goes on and it's basically these people are playing god at the end of the day and, and not in a little way i mean he's literally just he's out there just saying doesn't even doesn't even realize he's doing it i don't think it's, pur- it's purposeful and it's like I hate to be the bearer of bad news but you know um, these weeds gotta go and that's something that Margaret Sanger was known for saying call- calling people human weeds and that's the whole point of a weed it chokes wow. out as you said it chokes out the space and resources cause the, the nutrients in your garden is finite right it's only a certain, a certain amount of you know what I'm saying nutrients that in the soil so we had to preserve those nutrients for our desired uh, uh, planet. The, the analogy is complete. I got gotcha. you. All right. So we stopped at four. I uh, went 34. We can go to 35. Yes, I was wondering if Dr. Shaw could explain the basic difference between his, the course he is taking and explaining white supremacy and the course that Hitler took in, in, uh, during the Nazism reign. Thank you. 
Well, there are enormous differences. In fact, uh, the lesson to be learned from Nazi history is frequently very misunderstood. And oh. it is a lesson which Mr. Brown has told us about earlier. It's the First Amendment. It's not that eugenics is intolerable. Actually, the eugenic programs, which are the opposite of dysgenics, uh, eugenic programs uh, are not inconceivable. They're not inhumane. Denmark has been carrying out programs with strong eugenic implications for maybe 30 years. And it's important to note that since World War II, Denmark's per capita homicide rate dropped and is now approximately 120th. That is, the number of deaths of probability being killed in a year by, uh, by a violent homicide is roughly oh, the order of 100 times less for young Danes than it is for young American blacks. Can I? Now, the, uh, uh, but the lesson, let me say, what uh, the, the lesson of Nazi history we have in this country, and it will protect us. It's just the thing that makes this program possible. The First Amendment, which allows freedom of speech. If one believes that is not the right answer, then one has to be one of the most anti-German racist that can be. If one believes that the German people would have tolerated the concentration camps and the gas chambers, if news media, like uh, the programs that Mr. Brown is setting on, if those people were willing to bring uh, discordant views out into the open, I don't believe the concentration camps and the gas chambers could have continued to exist in Germany. Whoa, he throws a curveball. This is why I respect William Shockley. He throws because a he actually ball. says it. Yeah. He says what he feels. And I wish Bill Gates would say that. And I wish all the other lizard people would say it. So Just what, say it. So what we want to get rid of you. What he's saying is if if everyone was honest back in <clears throat> Nazi Germany and we said, look, we just don't want you. And they would have been honest about it. And the news media would have reported the, and them saying, we just don't want you. Go mm-hmm. away. Then he says there would have been no need to exterminate people. Right. Oh, oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, yes. Boy, it, it may not have happened, but a lot of other things, I think there's probably still a lot of good in the world. Hopefully, people will say, well, we don't like your idea. So, yeah, I'm with you. The First Amendment. So, that's the only difference between us and Nazi Germany is the First Amendment. And we're not using it right, apparently. Right, and that's why I played the first clip uh, from Mr. Brown, the host of the show, to say open dialogue is the only way this works. Malcolm X said it. You got to get people to the table. Have the conversation, put aside a fence to make progress. Now, the great thing about this was Dr. Francis Chris Wilson uh, was debating, quote-unquote, debating William Shockley, but she even, as you heard him say in the previous clips, she made sure he always had a platform mm-hmm. so he could be so he could voice his theory and then she, you know, she could counter it. So now she's going to speak to him and his uh, possible shared ideology with Nazis. I'd like to comment because I'd like to say that I don't think that there's a major difference between what Dr. Shockley is doing. I don't think that Dr. Shockley is fully aware of what he is doing and why he is doing what he's doing. But the long-range implications of what he is doing are no different than the propaganda campaign that Hitler and his Nazi unit carried on in Germany that ended up eliminating uh, six million Jewish people. Now, what is most interesting is that Hitler 
Hitler said the very same thing. He said, number one, that the Jews were genetically inferior to the Aryans. I think it's very, very important. Even though Dr. Shockley, I am convinced that Dr. Shockley believes that he is uh, perhaps elevating science with all of his charts and all of his figures, but he doesn't understand the things that propel him as a white individual in a social system that has programmed him throughout his life and programmed large numbers of people like him to focus on the genetics of people of color in such a way as to destroy people of color. Wow, this is that was Frank. Francis Welsing? Yes. She's good. Yeah, oh, she she she's a beast with it. Um <laughs> uh, and, and like I said, this is how you have a debate. Yeah. And this is where we've devolved. I mean, so you gotta ask the question, are we actually devolving? People have to ask this question. And like I said, I am nowhere near a eugenist uh, eugenicist because I believe everybody has the right to live. You know what I'm saying? But we also had to look at the, and I use this word purposely, the stock of America and what's going on right now and say, what is actually going on? You know, uh, and I'm more from the side of it that when you don't tend to a garden, that's the problem. I'm not about who's selecting what gets to grow and what doesn't get to grow. I'm more about you have to nurture it. And that goes back to my point that you need to have one parent in the household, you know, um, teaching the children. Because I think that's the only way you further, you know, civilization. I don't feel like dysgenics was really explained in these uh, in that series. Uh huh. You want to give a review? You don't. Uh, he he explained it in number two. I mean, uh, thirty-two. I mean, basically, it's like we're going backwards. Too many of the wrong people are having too many babies. While the right people are not having babies, right? Well, what's the dysgenics part? That is, I mean, that, that is literally dysgenics. That is, that is that literally is, dysgenics. Ah, uh, okay. Now, I I thought dysgenics was, um, I thought it was something you could actually do, like eugenicists. You could have dysgenesis, but I guess not. No, well, it's the complete opposite because eugenics is basically is Planned Parenthood versus Unplanned Parenthood. That's, that's what he's saying. Like eugenics is being mindful of how we have children. Dysgenics is the Just, wrong people having too many kids and, and it's told got on it, society. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was, a, it, that, that whole, man, that 20, I think it's like almost 30 minutes. It's so much chocolate. So you'll be hearing back from that, from right, that but, uh, but, source but, but material. I, mean, I think we both agree that, you know, the dysgenics part, well, if we had education actually working functioning so that your kids could go then we mm-hmm. know it would be better uh, that's part of the problem that is a problem regardless of color you get you get uh over socialized underinformed highly med- medicated human resources that's a recipe for disaster and i think that's what we're looking at right now right so but he doesn't factor in nature's versus nurture he's right. completely on the nature side of it but he doesn't right. factor in the, the component of nurture, which I think is a far greater. Uh, and a, and this is a, a quick aside. Another one is we saw this in uh, trading places. And that's what that whole one dollar wager was about. Mm-hmm. Is it genetics? <laughs> you know, is that black man in his position that he's in Eddie Murphy because of his genetics or opportunity? 
And is that white man in the position? You know, uh, I think it was not what Dan Aykroyd. Who, who was Dan Aykroyd? It was, who played? Uh, Mortimer, uh, well, Mortimer. Mortimer. No, no, no. The, <laughs> yeah, uh, the it was one Dan, they took. Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they took him and put him. They swapped their places and said, yeah. "Well, if it's genetics, then the black guy will fail, and the white guy will still succeed." Right. So I'm on the I'm on the side, and that's that's what the experiment proved that it's 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 nurture, not nature. Clearly, and I and, and now where's the science on that? Where are the scientists saying this? Oh no, they don't want to do that because they that science they, that, is that, racist. That's why, Mo. It, I mean. Oh, you about to find out more than you ever know. Uh, Thirty seven. <laughs> but very few people are aware that the idea originated not in. Nazi Germany, but in the United States, two to three years before Hitler, two to three decades before Hitler came to power, as American eugenicists went on a campaign to create a white master Nordic race, blonde and blue-eyed. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about the idea of eugenics. Eugenics itself started in Victorian England. There was a scientist, his name was uh, Francis Galton, the uh, cousin of Darwin, Charles Ah. Darwin. And this guy, Galton, had these ideas that uh, if... uh, if talented, skilled, and wealthy people married other talented, skilled, and wealthy people, they would have talented, skilled, and wealthy children. And so he tried to find a way to quantify the idea of a good marriage. And he came up with this term from the Greek that he invented, eugenics, meaning good life or, or, or good birth. Oh, man, that's so fantastic because the proof is in the pudding uh, right now, you can go to the Hamptons, uh, Long Island, New York, and you can just mm-hmm. you know just ask someone, or you can just look in the local paper. And this is where all the rich people of New York, and uh, maybe just in general the banking world, all the smart people, all the beautiful people, all come together, all vacation together. I have friends who go there religiously. Oh, we love being with our friends, and all their kids, or not all, a large proportion are assholes. And they're in trouble. They're getting arrested. They're getting kicked out of shit. They're they're dis- disruptive. It's it, it's nurture. It, I, I, like I said, that's the I've always been big on nurture because oh, yeah. when you limit opportunity, then and like and actual literal nurture, yeah. when you feed kids poor diets, high sugar. I mean, it creates create anxiety. All host of problems. Uh, so definitely is the problem, but they bring up uh, Galton mm-hmm. and Charles Darwin, and yeah. this is where you you said science is racist. Uh, you know, that's what I said. More than you ever know. Do you know the full name of Charles Darwin's most famous book? No. Do you know the name of it? Uh, well, it's evolution, isn't it? The evolutionary biology, or what is it? No, uh, I don't know. It's natural selection. Oh, natural selection. Yes, I should have known that. Yes, natural okay, selection. Okay, uh, and it says, or the per- per- preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Favored races. Now, this is everybody yeah. who everybody want to tell me that the uh, evolution came from and we need to listen to him, but he was a stone cold white supremacist. <laughs> on, so, I mean, like, literally, literally, <laughs> Him and his cousin. 
That so that one I want to just find. I don't know if natural selection. That was the title of the book. Let me see. I, I don't know if it was called that. Let me see. Let me go back. I don't think it was. I think. How about no? He was most in a, the origin of species. Species. Is no, that no, it? no, it's the, it's the origin no, of species. Read the full title though. The origin. Uh, it says the origin of species by means of natural selection, or oh my goodness, yeah. Okay, so that's I'm, a long title. They, I'm, they call, so, they so I'm looking. At, I'm looking at an actual scan in the show notes, everybody. Uh huh. So I'll read it. Uh, the origin. So it's Charles Darwin. I'll talk about the on, first part of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just going to do the whole thing. The origin of okay, species by means of natural selection or the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Oh man, this is a, what, what? What kind of psyop is this? They shortened the title. This is fantastic. Because it's inconvenient. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> but then you tell me, oh, trust science. Trust No, no, oh, math ain't racist. Science is racist. Uh, when you have quote unquote scientists talking about favored races, very uh, convenient. Very. I'm putting this image in the show notes too. This is great. Now you see the population bomb is, is nothing compared to like the, the OGs of this. No, the OG, and and this is this is not known. Duh. Okay, is <laughs> that how as Duh. well? Is not discussed at all. <laughs> so every time somebody uh, says trust science, no, 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 and this is this mindset with why you had segregated water fountains because you had black people carry disease, and you know it, it, you could catch blackness. You know this. That's this oh, is oh the, Mo, I totally caught blackness from you. Oh, totally. That's that's a done deal. <laughs> no, uh, but it was like you know, uh, like literally, like it was disease, like leprosy. That's what, how they looked at but it. But this is so beautiful to know, and and people need to memorize this. Mm-hmm. Memorize because Darwin is so often used just cavalierly. So oh, you mean the guy who uh, said natural selection, uh, actually the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life? That's the guy you're talking about. Yeah, that's the guy we're talking about. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I said wow a lot this show, more than usual. (laughs) (laughs) Number 38. Um, These ideas were imported into the United States at the turn of the last century, meaning in the early 1900s. Now, what was that time like? It was a time of great racial, ethnic, and demographic upheaval and conflict. What did we have? We had uh, millions of Jews coming in from the East, uh, from uh, Eastern Europe, from Russia, from Poland. We had millions of blacks in the uh, post-Reconstruction and post-Civil War era uh, who, were be- who were being uh, integrated into United States society. Indians were being integrated into United States society. Millions of Asians had come in from the West as demographic, uh, as indentured um, uh, laborers. And millions of Mexicans were now uh, in U.S territory as, as a result of Mexican-American wars in which we took over a great amount of Mexican ter- territory. And there were a bunch of white guys, some scientists, some wealthy people, uh, men of privilege, people who, uh, whose names most people don't know, names like Charles Davenport and Harry Laughlin, and they wanted it the way it was. 
They wanted it the way it was when their fathers were running the country. And this is why you have the creation of the one drop rule. Black Black was really a uh, a uh, political designation to prevent people from what the same way I talked about uh, the red and blue states and they're building uh, political fences around their states. They build a political fence around whiteness, and not in a sense like I said. That's why when people do. They use these trivial terms. They don't they don't do it justice to get to the root cause and root understanding of, of what's really going on. And just because you have white skin don't mean you white or supremacist. Right. Because like you said, those people that go to those places like Martha's Vineyard and those kind of thing, those are that's who they look at as white. Like, who's your family? You know, uh, where, let's track your lineage. Who's your grandfather? Who's your great grand? You know that kind of thing. And this is why it was so easy to accept the Obamas because you know, well spoken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't it Biden himself who said he's very well spoken, very intelligent, very well spoken. But very it was easy to accept him because of his lineage <laughs> yes. on his on his on his mother's side. Oh yeah, very deep. That's what opened the that's what opened the door for him. But I just want to go back to you brought up that little boy hitting uh, cussing out the cops and stuff. Mm-hmm. That is the result of programming at the earliest ages. Yeah. And this is how they, this is why CRT is so important. And you wonder why, why is it the people that say they like black people push all the poison to them? You know, like, like that kind of program that child had is because they don't want them to reproduce. That's, that's what, that's what, uh, yeah. That's what a lot of this sexuality stuff is about. The whole, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, and then to to say, oh no, no, you can have. Don't worry, don't worry. You can still have a. You can still have children. There's no intent. There's no intent on any of that. How long have you no. known? How long have you known about this? This particular part about uh, Darwin's um, true uh, writing for, for a very long time. And you saved, very, you saved all this through like 80 episodes? Because I remember doing I, one drop rule that was early on. Right, because you have to, it's layer on top of layer on top of layer. Like when Hitler got his ideas from America, everybody thinks that we went to Germany and got eugenics and all that. No, 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 no. He was a fanboy of what we had going on over here. Crikey. Like the gain of function and everything you see without that's just a repeat of all of this. It's the same thing. It's the it's the you know the codifying of science for the sake of progress, which means less people. At the end of the day, they should give us. (laughs) Yes, yeah, and uh, you, you. I'm not easily flummoxed, although this does happen a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. This was a big one. I really appreciate it. You have one more clip here. Yeah. So we talked about eugenics. I've mentioned this term before, but now we find about newgenics. But now there's a resurgence of the same impulse that caused eugenics in the first place. I'm speaking of newgenics. And this time... It will not be racial dogma and national flags. This time it will be globalization, profit, bottom line, 
corporate activity that determines who is fit and who is not fit to continue their existence. And legislators are seeing this as the new threat of discrimination in the 21st century. And anti-genetic legislation is already embraced by nations all over the world. And this legislation is in our Congress now, shortly after I speak. The first vote is going to take place in the Senate to adopt anti-genetic discrimination laws to stop gene lining. We all remember what redlining was. Now it will be gene lining. And so as we go into the dazzling 21st century of genetic genies, we hope that as many miracles as possible come our way, but we also ask that Wall Street and these corporations and our society look over their shoulder and make sure that genetics does not return from whence it came. Well, enter the mRNA vaccines. Mm-hmm. And enter your ERG score. I think it's called ERG. ESG. ESG. ESG, excuse me. We we just learned uh, that in a laboratory, at least, but it comes from... Uh, McCullough, McCullough is the King McCullough. You can't you can't mess with his credentials, Doctor McCullough. He says, "Oh no, we we now have proven in a lab that uh, the RNA uh, vaccination does change DNA." And once that, and now now you're at the now you're at the the gen from genetics is in the genes. Now now you're in. So now we can, and there is a law that you can't discriminate against uh, someone's uh, genes or genetic differences. And I think that's what this was probably referring to. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I mean, this, when you, when we take it to that level, it gets into something that I, I know I could, I I can, cause it's a, it's a fucking science fiction movie. Yeah. We had to change, we had to change the genetics. We had to kill off a whole bunch of invalids. Uh, anyone with any kind of flaw, including obesity, gone. <sighs> and, and it's about creating inferiority so you don't feel worthy to reproduce. See, this is bad. White supremacy is very <laughs> subtle. This is it's bad. Very su- <laughs> it's very, that's the thing about it. That's why when people jump out the fence and, ah, you know, saying like white hood, blah, 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 no, it's not the white hoods. It's the white coats you got to be worried about. <laughs> not the white hoods. It's the white coats. Tell ya. And all it's, it's a big plan. If you look at it like that to where we <laughs> are right now. It's a big plan for today. a small group of people. Yeah. Yeah. But big enough. I'd say 6%. They're trying to, they'll probably wind up killing off 6% globally. Yeah, but then they'll scare others into not feeling that. The biggest problem is people feeling they're worthy to have kids. Oh no, that's that's, that's, that's the already more. Done. No, we're already done. We're yeah. done. You would need. You, we would need such an incredible uh, counter campaign to to turn that back. That's what you know. Dogs are people too. Is about. Uh, oh, I can't afford a kid. And hey, man, no kidding. The diapers are expensive. Oh yeah, that's part of the plan. Part of the plan. Right, baby formula. No, it's the big mean baby formula. No, baby yeah, formula. No baby baby yeah, formula. Yeah, we can't get you any baby formula. <sighs> well, we're shipping it out to the border, but no baby <laughs> formula. It's like what? Like, yeah. So I mean, this whole Life. thing, man, it, it's it's so subtle 
But don't, as Nilly Fuller always said, don't be confused that they're confused. They understand masks are bad for you. They understand what mRNA was. They understand what gain of function is. They understand everything. They understand it all, but at the end of the day, it's to get that number down. It's going to be 10% left, and then they're going to do 90% of that 10%. And that's how that's how it rolls, and that's continuous improvement from their standpoint. And one more thing, there was a, uh, I can't remember the name of it, I'll go back and watch it again, but there was a science, fi- science fiction movie where the one of the guys were born by natural birth in a time where every baby was planned, and he wanted to go to outer space. I think it was like Galica, Galactica, something like that. Gattaca. Gattaca, that's it. That's where we're headed. That's that's the black and white movie? No, it's not black and white. It's it's in color. But he, his parents somehow conceived him naturally in a time where all the children were uh um uh planned birth or, yeah, or it's, genetically. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, oh, you know what? It, you're right. It wasn't black and white, but the whole world looked kind of black and white. This is where yeah, they're, yeah, they're it was in line the color check, gradient. checking mm-hmm. in with their with their their tattoo or whatever their special uh, scan scan the code on their uh, on their palm as they're walking. Is that is that the one? Am I thinking? Yeah, that's the, right the one. one. That's the one. So I put that in the. And show he had notes. to fake it somehow. That you know, what I'm saying, but I'm yeah. just saying that's where we're headed, and that's where Mr. Musk comes in at. That oh, were you born with inferior genes? Here, put this chip in your brain. Yeah, we can get you up to speed. We'll equalize you. Yeah, we'll normalize you. We'll, we'll bring you up to the baseline, <laughs> baseline of the genetically uh, this chosen. Is, this is one of these shows where Tina will say, uh, "You know, say how was Mo?" I said, "It was a great show. Blew my mind." So, what was it about? <laughs> it's always the same question. We always play the same game. I used to just say, "Well, you got to listen to it." Now I try. I try because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not very effective. What was it about? I, I can't explain it. I can't explain this one. I mean, I, you can't leave anything out of this episode. You can't just say, well, it was about eugenics or, hey, guess what? Hitler never left. Uh, <laughs> uh, how would you explain this show? If someone, ha- if someone had to explain why it's important to listen to this episode. Less people versus more people. That's, that's it. Bottom line. The, that, t- the two core groups. The two core groups. Yes. Mo, thank well, you, thank you, brother, thank you, thank you for keeping this hidden from me, so that I had the base. No, I know why you did it. So I have the base of of understanding when you started throwing it back to the one drop rule, and say, ah, it makes sense. Are we going to conclude our series soon? Because pretty soon I'll just know all things in the universe. Or does the learning never stop? It never stops because they keep revealing more and more. You know, uh, uh, of their hand. And as I always say. Pay attention to everything, and the truth will reveal itself. And as I always say, remember to support this work, this important work, the value that you receive. Value for value is the only way it will continue. MoFacts.com, MoFundMe.com. Mo, thanks again, man. I can't wait till the next episode. All right, see you then, Adam. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Girl, I'm in love with you. This ain't the honeymoon. Past the infatuation phase Right in the thick of love At times we get sick of love It seems like we argue every day 
I know I misbehaved and you made your mistakes and we both still got him left and right What is a baby gonna do? And though love sometimes hurts, I still put you first and we'll make this thing work. But I think we should take it slow. We're just ordinary people. Maybe we should take it slow. Time will take it slow. Oh, oh, oh. 